John Levon here with MetaFay episode 000, originally recorded on the 14th of November 2016. Now, what I've done for the MP3 uploads is broken it up into two separate files to try and keep it to a more manageable listen. In the first part, which you're listening to right now, I go through an overview of not only my own work in this scene, but how I think it relates to what's taking place today. And I also spend some time talking about some of the leading flat earth proponents and specifically their censorship of skepticism. Of course, it was skepticism that helped this whole thing grow legs in the first place. And once they built up their little cult following and didn't need real skepticism anymore, they started clamping down on it, which is why they banned genuine questions in the live chat. So those are the kind of things that we talk about in the first half of the show. So I hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, let's get straight into it. Okay, John LeBon here with MetaFay episode triple zero on the 14th of November 2016. That is Australian time. It's still the 13th of November in other parts of the world. And this is the third pilot episode of MetaFay, a new show for talking about this bizarre scene on the internet where apparently hundreds of people around the world genuinely believe that A, the earth is flat which is fair enough, people can believe whatever they want, but B, they think there's these people on YouTube who are here to give them the truth about the flat earth. And then there's a lot of social dynamics and internal conflict and drama. It makes for fascinating reality television. And I'm here to talk about all of that and more. And this particular episode is entitled, Why do the flat earth leaders censor skepticism? Why do they ban questions in their chat? Why do they try to avoid engaging with people who have honest, legitimate concerns about the so-called model that these people are promoting to people all around the world? That's the main question or the main theme of this particular episode, and we'll see where it goes. Now, before I go any further, I'd best just double check that the audio is coming through because, of course, for Metafay episode zero, we had no audio for the first three minutes, so I don't want to make that mistake again. So let's just double check that it's all going okay. Yeah, it looks like it's all going no problems at all. So let's get back on the show then. So here's my little quick rundown that I've got written for us. Firstly, uh, we'll talk about the episode of The Lobe Busters that's going on as we speak and how I happened to be banned yet again from their live chat simply for asking questions to sort of set the scene for why this episode has the theme that it does. And then we'll talk about Bob from Lobe Busters and why he's such an interesting character. He's said some very interesting things lately. You might be surprised, even those of you who've been following him closely, that I'd like to ask you guys a hypothetical about how you would respond if you saw a certain behavior. What would that tell you about the people that you're dealing with? Then we'll go through a little playlist that I've put together for you all so you get more of an idea of the kind of stuff that I've been doing with this channel over the last year regarding some of these flat earth charlatans. And then we'll get into some general thoughts. So firstly, they're doing an episode of Low Busters as we speak, supposedly about 700 people watching live. And their guest today is a gentleman named Cathexis. Now, if you go back and listen to Metafay episode double uh, zero, that was last week's episode, or my impromptu chat with Tim Osman from the week before, I was fortunate enough to have Cathexis on as a guest. He's a very interesting character, very intelligent, very well read as well. And uh, he knows what he's talking about on a lot of topics. He's miles and miles ahead of the 
other members of the panel at Load Busters and this entire scene. And I would say that if you've got an IQ within one standard deviation of the of the median or above, and you've read even one nonfiction book in the last 12 months, you're miles ahead of most of their audience and probably most of the leading talking heads of Flat Earth. Just a, a regular IQ or better, and you've read even one book, nonfiction, in the last 12 months, is probably a couple of standard deviations above the median intelligence. And he sounds like a guy who reads books for fun as a hobby. He's one of those people who just reads books as a pastime. They still exist. So he's he's smoking those guys in the in the chat. They're struggling to keep up with him. Very interesting character. I recommend you check him out. I happen to be in the live chat listening to the show. I thought I'd give it a listen. And at the first, it's the start, they seemed very pleasant and very cordial. There's about a dozen moderators for that show. We'll talk about that as well later on when we speak about why they uh, ban dissenting opinions and questions. But, uh, yeah, there's about a dozen moderators in there. And for the first little while, they were happy for me to be there and talk about the fact that if you still believe in V2 rockets, you've got a lot of work to do in this kind of thing. No problems. But then the Morgyle, uh, John the Morgyle said something that I just couldn't let slip. He said, you know, I'll, I'll try and paraphrase what he said, something to the effect of, you know, none of... None of this stuff works on, on I can't do this, I can't do that accent. He's saying that, that none of the phenomenon that we see work on the heliocentric model, but that it works on the flat earth model, that it all makes perfect sense on the flat earth model, all of the phenomenon that we observe. And I thought to myself, which flat earth model is that? Don't tell me that the Morgyle is still pushing this nonsense, that these flat earthers even have a model, let alone one which works, right? Is he still pushing that? So I thought, I'll just post that in the chat. I said, yeah, but like uh, Morgan, which which model, which flat earth model explains southern flights or the star rotation? And uh, and then someone re- responded to me, you can't expect them to have worked it all out by now. And they were being serious. They weren't being facetious. This, this was a genuine commentary. They have worked all of that out by now, JLB. And, uh, and, and we can talk more about that kind of comment again as well. And I responded, well, actually, they've been claiming now for more than a year that they would have all of this worked out soon, that they'll eventually come up with a working model for the flat earth. I mean, a lot of them claim they've already got one, but the others who aren't quite that silly, they're like, oh, no, we'll have one eventually. It's just a matter of time. And of course, they can keep saying that for another year, another two years, another five years, however long they can milk this cow of flat earth for all it's worth, so long as they can keep the lemmings hanging on and tuning in live and watching the ads that they put through their videos and this kind of thing, the Flat Earth leaders can just keep saying this. Oh, we'll, we'll get it all worked out soon. Don't you worry about that. We'll, 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 we'll get a working model just, just very quickly. You know, the, the heliocentrists have had hundreds of years and we're, we're only just starting now, but we'll get a working model. Just nonsense, right? So I responded saying, yeah, they've been saying they'd have one for over a year and still not even anything close to a working model. Nothing that can explain the southern flights, which do exist, or the rotation of the stars, which is different in the different so-called hemispheres. Until they can explain both of those things, let's not pretend they've got anything close to a working model. And John, the Morgul, you seem like a nice guy, but what's, please, man, how, how long is this going to go on? You just talking complete nonsense. It's just, it's getting very silly. Well, anyway, I posted that comment. And next thing you know, a few of the moderators are saying, bye, John, bye, JLB. That was it. And that was all it took to get me banned was uh, saying, hold on, which model explains the stars? 
That's all it took. No name calling, no ad hominem attacks, definitely no trolling, nothing negative or condescending, just hold on, model, which model? And I was banned. Now, why is that? Well, that's going to be the central theme of this episode. How come these people who are trying to tell hundreds of people around the world that they've found the truth, they've got the flat earth truth, and it's going to change the world, it's going to go from 5% to 95% overnight, They've got this umbrella truth that's going to bring down the establishment and bring down NASA and change the world and hope and love and peace. How come when someone says, yeah, but where's your model? I mean, if you want to criticize the heliocentric model for not working, fine. Uh, where's And you want to say that your model explains all the phenomenon? Fine. What's your model? Because it's going to have to explain flights existing from Australia to South America and back again. And it's going to have to explain the stars going one way in the Northern Hemisphere and the opposite direction in the Southern Hemisphere. It's going to have to explain these things. So let's see the model. No model. You see, now how come when that gets pointed out, bang, you're banned? If these people have the truth, how come they can't just answer that simple question or just put up with the question being asked? Why do they have to ban dissent? Some of you already know the answer. Some of you are beginning to suspect that you might have an answer. But hopefully by the end of this presentation or this show today, it'll be more clear to those of you who are still here asking questions, genuinely looking for the truth. Now, some people in this scene have no interest in the truth and no interest in objective facts, empirical evidence. They've got no interest in any of that. They're here for feelings and lobe busters and the potato heads make them feel good, makes them feel part of something makes them feel like they've finally got friends and they can say hi so-and-so in the live chat and two or three people say hi back and it makes them feel good. And that's perfectly fine. Those of you who feel good with Flat Earth, the same as people who feel good watching soap operas or going to movies every week or uh, doing whatever people do, if it makes you feel good, hey, I'm not trying to tell you to stop. Do whatever makes you feel good. My issue is with these charlatans who are claiming that they've got truth, that they've actually got evidence for their claims or working models. They're the people that I'm more concerned about. Most of their lemming followers who just feel good listening or being in the live chat or, oh, I'm a moderator of Loadbusters. I'm part of something special. You people, are, you're not my concern. You know, I, I wish you the best of luck and I hope that you have a good life. Hopefully one day you realize that you're part of a bit of a joke. But until then, as long as you feel good, no issues. But those of you who are claiming that you've got evidence, that you've got a working model, well, uh, hello, time to have a little bit of a chat. And uh, since you won't even let me in your chat, I'll just do it my way on my channel as we're doing right now. So let's just check the double, uh, let's just double check my chat right now just to make sure it's all working well. And there's a few people in the live chat. Good to see all of you there. So let's get on with the show then. So I've given you the overview of what the show is going to be about. Now let's move on. Ah, now. Bob from Lowbusters, why is he such an interesting character? And I use the word character a lot. You'll hear me use this word. He's a character, she's a character. I don't mean that they're literally actors or anything like that. That might be the case in some cases, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that when we're watching these people on our screens, on our laptops or on our... Some people watch this stuff in their lounge room on their big screens, whatever the case may be. When we're watching these people, generally we don't really know them. We just, and most of you watching don't really know me. Some of you have been following my work for a couple of years. Some of you have even met me in real life and it's been really cool. Those of you who've actually met me, sure, you know me, but most of you haven't really met me. So even to you, I am a character on this screen. You don't 
really know me. I'm a character. These people on our screens, until we meet them, they are just the same as any other character. We should base our judgments on them on how much we can verify what they're saying. Are they giving us citations and references to double check for ourselves? Or are they speaking of natural phenomena that we can observe for ourselves? That's what we should be basing our opinion of them on rather than, you know, how they make us feel or anything like that in the ideal world, okay? But they're all characters. Now, this character, Bob from Lowbusters, he's a very interesting character. He's been part of Lowbusters, I think, since halfway through the first season, since it ran about then. He, of course, this is their story. He sent Jaron a laser for his laser test, one of those many failed experiments or tests that they always get money for from their viewers. And uh, and then he became a, a regular panel member on the show. And he's been part of their show ever since. And he's, uh, I think by his testimony, he's roughly, I don't know, 50 or thereabouts, maybe 55. He's had a very um, varied uh, career path. He's worked as a satellite engineer and an electronics communication engineer. And he worked as a bouncer for a period there. And I don't think he's ever claimed to have worked for the military, but uh, he's done a number of things. Oh, he's, he's a pilot as well. He's been a pilot. So he's flown planes. And he used to always speak about how when he's flying a plane, he never saw any curvature. He didn't have to dip his nose down when he was flying a plane. The earth must have been flat. All this kind of stuff. Very interesting. But anyway, if you look at the, the list of the leading flat earthers today, the leading flat earth proponents, especially from this particular, you know, lobe buster potato head crew, he is uh, at the top. And to give you an example of how that's the case, maybe uh, seven months ago now, seven or eight months ago, uh, Patricia Steer, who at the time was also pretty high up in the scene as well, she uh, responded to these criticisms that she was getting that Flat Earth was like a cult. There were many people saying, Flat Earth, there's many cultish aspects to all of this. And she responded by saying, well, let me show you a list from our website that deals with cults. They list 10 things that cults generally have in common, 10 traits of a cult. Let me go through one by one each item and tell you if I think that applies to the flat earth scene. And two of them, she said, she said this one and this one, that, that is a bit like flat earth, I guess. But the other eight, she said, no, that's not like flat earth. Um, so, so this is not a cult. Two from 10, that's not good enough. Flat earth is not a cult. And hey, that was her opinion. She was perfectly entitled to it. I made a response video where I said, hey, let's use the same criteria that you've come up with, Patricia, and let me give you my take on whether or not this flat earth scene on YouTube is like a cult. And I think from memory, maybe six or seven, I said, that's clearly like flat earth. Like that particular trait that you've listed, yeah, that's like flat earth. That one, no, that's not like flat earth. That one, yeah, that one is. That one is. So on and so forth. Six or seven out of 10. Well, obviously, Bob got very upset by that. And he immediately responded with the very next Low Busters episode saying, no, none of the 10. This one's not like Flat Earth. This one's not like Flat Earth. One by one. They're not at all like Flat Earth. Then poor Patricia, who is a Flat Earther, at least she claims to be. She's got a show about the topic. She says that she's a Flat Earther. She had to come out and say, I was wrong. Uh, Bob is right. There's no traits that are like a cult with Flat Earth. I was very wrong. I've been a naughty girl. Completely changed her opinion. That's the amount of sway that Bob has in this scene, you see. That's just one example. And we'll talk more about that whole cultish thing in a moment. But who is this Bob guy? Well, I don't know. I don't pretend to know. I've never met him. I've never bothered trying to do like a background check on his name or see what I can come up with. Some people send me stuff, just like I'm sure they're sending all of the YouTube channels in this scene stuff. 
I don't really have time to, to bother with it. I don't really care because it doesn't really matter to me whether he really believes all of this stuff or he's just doing it for attention or for the, the shekels. I don't know. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm more interested in the actual information, the objective information. Sadly, they don't really present much on lobe busters these days. These days, they're talking about magic pyramids and ergon energy and the Rockefellers and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, you know, just it's basically the conspiracy candy nonsense, the kind of stuff that attracts below average IQ people or not very successful in society people, gives them something to, to feel smart about and, you know, all that kind of nonsense, right? That's really what their show has devolved into as each of their flat earth proofs have been debunked one by one by one. They went from spending a two-hour show or a three-hour show with all of these proofs of flat earth. They've run out just bit by bit as each one has just been undone. The rug pulled from out from underneath them. Now they've had to focus more on things like new age nonsense and all this kind of stuff, right? So anyway, the point of my story is this Bob guy, I don't know him. I don't, I don't pretend to know him. Could be a really nice guy. He's uh, obviously a, a family man. He's got his wife, uh, Cammie. And his son, who is apparently named Jaron, he's had them all on camera, which I don't know. Me personally, the idea of having a, a child, look, if I, this is going to trigger a lot of people. If I had a child, I wouldn't be posting their photos to Facebook, let alone having them on camera on a video, um, you know, about flat earth. I mean, that could, look, I think even if, even if, even if this whole flat earth thing falls apart, I think, uh, you know, little Jaron, he'll be fine. It, it doesn't really matter, but it's not the kind of risk you want to take. You know, a child who looks up to his father, putting him on camera, talking about flat earth and saying how flat earth is going to change the world. And yeah, me personally, that does not sit well with me uh, very well at all. But putting that aside, Bob could be a, a lovely man and a lovely father. And there are many things about him that I think a lot of people would say, yeah, he seems like a nice guy, I'm sure. You know, he's got the whole sort of, you know, lovely sort of um, heavy set uncle thing going on. You know what I mean? So I can see why a lot of people would like him. The point of my story is I don't know him. I don't know the guy. And most of you don't know him either. He's just a character on a screen. So let's put aside who he is or who we think he is. Let's just look instead at what he says, shall we? And he said something very interesting the other day in a live chat. So let me see if I can screen share that right now. Bring that one up. Let's see. Just uh, bear with me. I apologize for the dead air while I get this one set up. Let's see screen share let's have a look those of you who haven't used this um this program before or um screen share that kind of thing you might not uh, be uh, aware of how cumbersome it can be this is amazing technology i love it but it can be a little bit cumbersome at times now this one should be presenting so let's go to this now shall we uh bob says in a live chat yesterday i think it was yesterday the day before it was on the cathexis channel he says um Hey, great, John, because I'd said, how are you or something like this? And he says, great, John, how is the shilling going? Shilling. He's accusing me of being a shill. A shill, of course, is a person who is ostensibly paid to be here for one reason or another. So I'm not accusing Bob of being a shill, but he seems to want to accuse me of being a shill. I find that interesting. But that's not the really interesting one. Here's the interesting one. Bob says, and I quote, only a retard would think that the government isn't out to get all of us, exclamation mark. All right, let me read that again. This was in response to something that I had said to him, something like, do you guys really think that the government is out to get all of you? Oh, that's right, because flat earthers, they've got this thing where they think that the government is um, trying to repress them and, you know, 
It's only because the government's repressing them that the flat earth truth isn't getting out there. Stuff like this. So someone had said something like that. So I asked the question, do you guys really think the government cares about you? That's what it was. I said, do you really think the government cares about you and a few hundred flat earthers on YouTube? Do you really think they care? And his response was, only a retard in capitals would think that the government isn't out to get all of us, exclamation mark. Well, we now this, remember, is a leader of the Flat Earth movement on YouTube. He is one of the hosts of the biggest show they had. YouTube says they had 700 live viewers for their show today. The live chat was not moving as quickly as a 700 person um, audience. You know what I mean? I've, I've seen live chats on shows with 150 people move way faster than that live chat. That was very suspicious to me. But YouTube, which is really all we have to go off, say that there were 700 viewers, right? So that makes Lowbusters the biggest flat earth show on the internet right now by a fair margin too. Like to give you some perspective, I think my, this show right now that I'm doing might have like 40 live viewers, okay, which is nothing compared to 700. I think the Nathan Oakley show gets maybe 100 or so. Uh, some of the peripheral shows get between 50 and 100. Uh, Patricia at her peak was getting uh, 200 or so, depending on who was a guest, maybe 300 at her peak. She's obviously sort of tanked a little bit since then, which we did discuss in Metafay episode zero. Go and check that one out. So, yeah, 700. These guys are these, these are the biggest. And Bob is the main guy on the biggest show. So just think about that. The main guy on the biggest flat earth show says, and I'll quote this one again, only a retard would think think that the government isn't out to get all of us, exclamation mark. Where are we? Bob from uh, Denver, from Globebusters, that's what he has to say. So if you don't think that the government is out to get all of us, you're a retard in capital letters, according to old Bob from Denver. Hmm. Very, very interesting. So I wanted to share that with you guys, just so you get an idea of why this character is so important to the whole story. That's the kind of people that we're dealing with here, guys. Now, let me just go back to my screen. Where are we? There we are. Yeah. Now, um, I have got a couple of moderators in the chat. I forget who they are. I will ask because I haven't had a chance to chat with them. Um, I just made, set them as moderators a long time ago, and now my channel just keeps them as moderators. So whoever you are, please let the uh, live chat go. If someone is personally attacking, constantly personally attacking anyone, yeah, ban them. Maybe give them a five-minute timeout. If they do it again, ban them. But if they're just asking questions, like even if they're questions that are very, you know, direct, like, well, JLB, you you know, you say that you've got a, a model. How does your model explain this or stuff like that? That's fair enough. Like, let them, let them do that. There's no problem. You know, let them question each other. Let the live chat go. If they're specific personal attacks, like, this guy is a stupid head and blah, 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 just give them a timeout. That's a warning. If they come back and they're like, blah, 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 you know, obviously get rid of them. They're no use. But the rest of them, just let them go. And and thank you to whoever the moderators are. I appreciate you uh, being a mod in the chat. Only 50 people here. Oh, Jordan Reigns is one. There you go. He's a good guy. I think he might even be flat earth sympathetic. I don't know if he's a flat earther, but um, if, if he, look, that's a good person to have as my live chat moderator, because if he's flat earth sympathetic and he's been critical of me in the past for my criticisms of the flat earthers, he's probably going to be a good, uh, a good moderator. So there you go, uh, Jordan, please. Um, let them, let them go if they're just asking questions. When they start attacking, give them a timeout as a warning. They come back and do it again, get rid of them. But yeah, anyway, getting back on with the show. So what have I done? I've given you the overview of the show. I was banned from the chat. 
who are these people banning me? Well, there's about a dozen moderators. We'll talk about them. Who is Bob? Who's this Bob from from uh, from Globebusters? Who is this guy? Well, I've given you an idea of who he is. That's one example, by the way. I've got, I don't want to say dozens. I've probably got the best part of maybe 10 or 15, uh, things like that, that he's said over the, the last 12 or 18 months like that. This is the leader of Flat Earth, guys. That's interesting. Now, remember, and I, I did touch on this a little bit at the start of the show, and I spoke about it a lot with Metafay Episode 0 and Double Zero. It doesn't matter what you think the shape of the Earth is. You might fully believe you live on a giant spinning ball hurtling through the vastness of empty space. You might believe that you live on a flat disc with a dome over the top, Mark Sargent style. You might believe that you live on a flat plane that just goes on forever. Morgyle, John the Morgyle style. It doesn't really matter, guys. This show, Metaphase, is not about debating the shape of the earth. It's about saying there are people, hundreds of them, it looks like there's actually hundreds of them who believe that the earth is flat. But not only that, they believe that these are YouTubers, uh, leaders of a movement, that they're their friends, that they're going to give them truth. Then within this little scene, you've got a whole bunch of people fighting with each other, getting engaged to each other, divorcing, breaking up, dishing the dirt on one another. You've got all of the little lemmings and, and, and people who believe in this stuff sort of taking sides or falling into line. You've got the social dynamics. You've got the interpersonal conflict. You've got the psychology of the whole thing. That's what I'm interested in. I think we can learn so much from studying people because many of these people, perhaps all of them, but certainly most of them are real people. They're real people just like you, just like me. They're real people. Many of them have left behind television because once you start to learn about the baby hoaxes, things like Boston bombing, Sandy Hook, once you start to realize that television is there as a control mechanism to keep the masses in line and keep them living pointless, empty existences and this kind of thing, it's very difficult to go back to watching television. Now, if the average person is watching three hours of television a day, some studies say more than that. I've seen studies that say five hours a day people are watching of television. Once you leave that behind, what do you fill it with? Well, a lot of people fill it with YouTube personalities and Flat Earth right now is one of the biggest of all. So it's, it's interesting, that perspective. These are real people taking part in this in the live chat, leaving comments. Many of them really believe in this stuff. To me, this is all very interesting and hopefully to you as well. This show is not about the shape of the earth. This is about a scene which sprung up ostensibly or supposedly to do with the shape of the earth, but has become so much more than that. That's what this show is about. And I should have given that overview at the start of this episode as well. But if you haven't already, go back and listen to Metafay episode zero and double zero. They're available in video format, just like this one. They're also available as MP3 because all of the shows that I do, I try and even if I've got screen capture up or whatever, I always try and talk about what's on the screen so that people can listen to this as an audio file after the fact in archive or what have you. Because I happen to be a big podcast listener myself. And if I find the work of someone who seems like they know what they're talking about or has an interesting perspective, I'll just go through their entire back catalogue. And I think that maybe in the future, maybe someone will come along, they'll like one of my episodes and think, oh, yeah, I want to go and listen to other ones. I want them to have the option to listen rather than to have to watch. Because if this turns into like another one or two hour show, who wants to sit around and just watch a screen for two hours? I mean, for me, it's not just about giving away television. It's giving away sitting on a couch for two hours a day. Like that's to me, that's crazy. Three hours a day, four or five hours a day is just sitting there on a couch. Man, that's crazy. Whereas if you've got an audio file, you can just go for a walk walk wherever you want. It's a pretty ordinary day here in Melbourne today. So 
not so easy to, to walk today, but usually you can get away with just going for a walk, you know, a one hour walk, listen to a podcast that can be magic for you, magic for your mind and magic for your body. You know, you'll go to bed feeling a lot better for having done that. So Metafay episode zero, Metafay episode double zero. And then this one, probably within a day or two, also available for free MP3 download through my website, johnlebon.com. So if this is your first Metafay, okay, you've already started watching, maybe you want to keep watching, but make sure you check out episode zero and episode double zero, especially if you liked Cathexis on Globebusters today, because he was on Metafay episode double zero just last week. Very interesting man. Maybe we'll speak more about him in a moment. But first, we have to move on. Now, I've got a hypothetical for you guys, right? Imagine that you've discovered that the official story of uh, astrophysics, the official story of what we think we know about what's up there, all goes back to an experiment a couple hundred years ago where a man supposedly determined the mass of the earth by weighing four heavy balls in a shed two really big heavy balls and then two smaller balls. And by constructing a torsion balance without the use of electricity, he was able to determine the mass of the earth. And then from that, other people claimed to use uh, that mass as a basis to determine the mass of other objects in space by using their orbital periods and what we call um, uh, mechanics, orbital mechanics, there's a word for it, it'll come to me. But by using basic mathematics really and saying, well, this object rotates around the sun uh, this many days, so it must be this heavy. Well, this object rotates around the sun this many days, so it must be this heavy using Kepler's um, laws of planetary motion. The idea is that by knowing the uh, time that it takes one of these objects in, in the sky to orbit around the sun, you can then determine its its mass, right? So long as you know the mass of one, you can determine the rest. That's That's basically how the whole thing works, believe it or not. And suppose you were to discover this and be like, really? It all goes back to to a guy in a shed 200 years ago without even electricity determining the mass of Earth with heavy balls on a torsion balance? That sounds, sounds pretty weird, man. I'm going to look into this further. And you found out that was true. And you thought, gee, this is... Uh, I need to I need to get another perspective on this because this is this is a bit weird. And you went to a heliocentrism promoting YouTube channel and there was a bunch of people on a round table and they were saying how heliocentrism, once you really understand it, once you really understand that you're on a giant ball going around the sun, it's so amazing because it makes you feel like a tiny part of a bigger universe. And if only everybody knew the Kepler's laws of planetary motion and if only everybody could really understand the maths that proves that we're on a giant spinning ball, the world would be a much better place. And and this mass awakening to, to Kepler's laws and to orbital mechanics, you know, it's not many people know all of this stuff now, but it's going to go from 5% to 95% overnight, right? And these guys really believed the heliocentrism stuff and they were even making money from it, right? They were doing all of these experiments, like they were trying to recreate the um, the experiment of, of Cavendish, the guy who determined the mass of the earth. They were like, just send us money and we'll recreate the experiment. And they failed time and again. But people kept sending them money because they really believed in heliocentrism, right? Suppose you found that channel and you went into their live chat and you weren't trolling them. But you said, guys, look, maybe we do live on a giant spinning ball. I guess that's possible. But, you know, your your whole system depends on on weighing heavy balls in a shed. Is that true? I heard it. I heard that. Is that true? And they banned you. And you're like, what the hell? What are you banning me for? I'm just asking you a question about your model. Why are you getting so upset for? If that happened, I know that's a very 
long and somewhat convoluted hypothetical. But if that happened, that there were people promoting a model, taking people's money for promoting the model, telling people that this model is going to change their lives, and then you discovered a problem with the model or what you thought was a problem with the model, and you just asked them a question in the live chat and they banned you. And they did that every week. Every week that you went there, they banned you the moment you asked that question or even just for pointing out, yeah, but guys, your model does depend on like heavy balls in a shed. If they banned you, what would that lead you to infer about these people as researchers, as truth seekers, as legitimate conveyors of truth? What what would you infer about these people? I think most sane people would say if they're banning basic questions about their own model that they're promoting to people, and it doesn't speak very highly of uh, their motivations for being here or of their research capabilities. And of course, this analogy that I'm making, this hypothetical is analogous to what happens with flat earth because you've got these people saying, we've got a working model, we've got a working model and it's so much better than heliocentrism. The flat earth model makes perfect sense. Everything makes sense on the flat earth and you're like, okay then, how do you explain southern flights? Well, come on, how do, you, how do you explain the flights in the Southern Hemisphere? You know how you can fly from Melbourne to South America or Sydney to South America and back or from Perth on our West Coast to Johannesburg. Uh, how does your, how do any of your model, I mean, what is your model for a start? And then once we've got it, how do the flights, how do the flights make sense on that, dude? Like, you know, 13, 14 hour flights. Like, can you, can you explain that? Silence, they can't explain it. They can't, they can't explain that. Or the stars. How come the stars appear to rotate one way in the north and then another way in the south? They can't explain it, which is why they denied it. They denied it and they denied it. Well, the stars don't... We we haven't got evidence that they rotate the opposite direction in the southern hemisphere because these guys are all based in the US and and some of them in uh, England as well, which is the northern hemisphere. There aren't many people like me who live in Australia or in South Africa or in South America who are doing this kind of work, saying that the stars actually do rotate the different direction down here to what they do up there, right? So at first they denied it, like, oh, you know, we don't trust any of those photos, we don't trust any of those videos. And then when actual flat earthers came out and said, well, no, I live down here, I've, I've got a, I've, I'm, you know, I live in Melbourne, there, there was a flat earther down here or a person who claimed to be a flat earther in New Zealand as well. They're like, no, we've got the footage, like, here you go, see, look, they go the different way to you guys. Then it was, oh, okay, we've got a problem now. Then you know what they did? They came out and said that all the stars rotate the same way, right? So not only denying reality, putting out a false, trying to promote, trying to get people to believe a false reality. It's almost like gaslighting people. It's almost like saying, people, we know that you think you see something, but you don't really, you know, and, and people still listen to these people, right? And that was the low busters who did all of that. They denied the southern, uh, the southern stars. Then they tried to claim that all stars go the same way. Then they said all the stars go the other way and now they, who knows what they're saying now, right? It's all nonsense because none of their models can possibly explain the direction of the stars going in different directions in the different hemispheres. They can't explain the flights. They cannot explain the stars. They can't. They don't have a working model. They won't come up with a working model. If they were going to, they'd have done it by now. These people are at best very misguided and at worst outright charlatans who are lying for the attention of all the shekels, right? That's what's happening, guys. That's what's happening, whether you want to hear that or not. That's what has happened. And by simply pointing this out in their live chat, simply pointing out that they don't have a model, or if they do, it doesn't explain the stars or the flights, you'll get banned. Now, why would they ban you? 
it's all very obvious, isn't it? Right by now, it should all be very obvious to you why they're doing that. Why do the flat Earth leaders ban questions in their chat? Because they can't explain it. The exact same as if you went to a heliocentrist uh, live chat and you were like, "Yeah, but guys, do you really believe that some dude weighed the whole Earth with heavy balls?" That's all. That's all I'm asking. I'm not going to try and change your mind here. I just want to know: Do you really believe that a guy 200 years ago, before, like, without using electricity? in his shed, determined the mass of the entire earth. Do you really believe that? If they were to ban you, that you've got the answer that you need, right? There's something they don't want to talk about because they're sensitive about it. They're insecure about it. They know that it makes them look very, very bad. You see, heliocentrists or flat earth promoters, they've got one or two problems that they don't want to have to deal with. It's that simple. Now, I'm making an analogy here. I don't even know if there are very popular heliocentric shows. Red's Rhetoric used to be uh, somewhat popular. You know, the whole him versus journalism thing was kind of kind of worked for both of them because journalism's fans were always like, yay, journalism won. And Red's Rhetoric's fans were always like, yay, uh, Red's won. And, you know, it's, it kind of helped boost both of their profiles, didn't it? On YouTube, looking back, very interesting. But, um, but yeah, I don't really know if there are these heliocentrist popular shows. So I'm not even claiming that heliocentrists do this. You know what I mean? I'm not claiming that they do ban people in the chat. What I'm saying is that all of you know that if you went to a heliocentrist chat and they banned you just for asking questions, you know what that would imply. You know what that would reveal to you about these people's real motivations, intents, et cetera, right? Using that exact same logic applied to the low busters and you know what's going on, okay? So let's just have a look at my live chat just to make sure it's all going all right. 57 watching now. I might just read out a couple of uh, comments or questions before I move on to the next part of my show. And who's in there? Uh, let's see. David Sawyer says, Hemisphere indicates JLB believes we live on a sphere. David, if you go back and listen to Heliocentrists versus JLB, which is a podcast available for free on my website, johnlebon.com, you'll find it there, Heliocentrists versus JLB. It's all explained in there. And that's about a three-hour podcast. It's a long one. Basically, what happened was I was uh, staying at a friend's place and I got this invitation to join a live hangout all of a sudden. And uh, it was a, it turns out it was a guy called Sean Hufford, the same Sean Hufford who had done a terrific job, I think, in moderating the Reds Rhetoric first. Who was that guy who Reds Rhetoric spanked in a debate? Uh, it was some flat earth. I forget his name. It'll come to me. But Sean Hufford had moderated that debate really well because he set the, the parameters of the debate early each each of the participants knew or ought to have known which segment was which, the way it was formatted. It was He did a really good job, Sean, in uh, moderating that debate, I thought, and Red's rhetoric spanked whichever guy he was talking to. Anyway, I didn't know that at the time. This guy, Sean Huffer, just invited me to this live chat. Who else is there? Red's rhetoric, atheist Rex, and a couple of their scientism-believing pals, right? And basically, they tried to ambush me. And it was like a morning time, Australian time, so it must have been evening American time. And, um, yeah, basically, I don't think Sean, I'm not saying Sean was party to the ambush, but clearly Reds was still very upset about Baller Skeptic Roundtable episode 11, which is where we invited the Ballers to come on and, and, you know, plead their case, I suppose. And that was when I brought up the whole Cavendish experiment. Beautiful little rug underneath their feet trick. They weren't expecting that because most flat earthers, most really ardent flat earth believers are complete and utter retards, right, that don't read books. So they were coming onto my show expecting that we would just sit there, myself, Matrix, and David would sit there and try and argue heliocentrism. And 
to a small extent, I guess, uh, Ben did uh, not argue heliocentrism, argue flat earth belief. And I guess to a small extent, uh, Ben did that. But I said even before the show, guys, let's just let them focus on their model. Their model is that we live on a giant spinning ball hurtling around the sun. Let them argue their case. Let's attack their model. It's a much smarter strategy, guys. So anyway, I had done my research on heliocentrism leading up to the show, and I discovered this thing called the Cavendish experiment. Like I discovered it as in I'd never heard of this before. Definitely wasn't taught this in school. You never hear these flat earth proponents talking about it for some reason. And I was like, what? Why in the whole earth with heavy balls in a shed? You've got to be joking me. So I kept on looking into it further, and I was like, aha, I'm looking forward to this. If, uh, if Reds and, and his mate, he brought Mara Zilli with him in the end. If, uh, if they want to talk about their uh, orbital mechanics and Kepler's laws and all the rest of it, have I got a question for them? And uh, yeah, Baller Skeptic 11, uh, terrific show in my honest opinion, in my humble opinion. So anyway, Reds was still very upset about Baller Skeptic 11 and he wanted to spend like, in the end, I think he spent like half an hour just like, oh, JLB, why didn't you do this? And I'm like, man, you got, you got like 45 minutes on our show to just present your heliocentrism model. That's... That's a, you got you got more than your fair share on Baller Skeptic 11, buddy. Like, this is just being silly. Then we moved on to talking about my beliefs about the world, about, well, where do we live? What can we prove? Et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and then, well, go and listen to that podcast and see where it goes from there. Uh, Cathexis describes it as uh, Reds and Atheist Rex rage quitting is what happened by the end. I wasn't attacking them. I wasn't being nasty to them. I was just asking them questions. And as we've seen with the low busters earlier today and many times before, all you have to do is ask somebody questions. And if you know what they can't answer, they'll tend to get very upset by it. And that's what happened with heliocentrist first JLB. And I want to make it very clear. I've made this clear before. I want to make it clear again. I have a lot of respect for Sean Hufford. I wish more people on either side of this debate, we live on a giant spinning ball. We live on a flat disc. Morons, both of them, I think. I wish more people on either side would be like Sean Hufford, just be calm, civil, apply logic. Uh, he moderated that debate. I keep forgetting the guy's name, but the one between Reds and the other guy moderated it really well. Like I said to Sean in that same live show, I said, dude, I learned from your moderating of that debate. It helped me for my debate with Antonio, right? I tried to structure it better with my debate with Antonio, having learned from what I saw with you and was it zetetism.com? That might've been the guy. Um, Grufford? Grufford? Oh. Grubbard. Anyway, the point is, I said, Sean, I learned from that, uh, from your moderating of the debate. So people like Sean are very, very valuable. If you're genuinely interested in research and evidence and these kinds of things, people like Sean are valuable. Whether they, whether you agree with their model of the world or not, just the way that they present their arguments or the way they encourage others to have uh, civil uh, conversations, very valuable. So, um, see, I've got, I've got nothing bad to say about Sean, or necessarily any of the other people who were in that show. You've really got to go and listen to it for yourself and uh, make up your own mind. And like I said, that is available on my website, johnthebond.com, uh, heliocentrists versus JLB. And what I'll do is I'll put a link in the info box below this on uh, this video, uh, once I've finished, to that, um, to that page on the website. You can download it for free in MP3 format. And yeah, like I said, it's about three hours. It's a pretty long one. But um, I think once you've listened to it all, you'll see why it was worth uh, releasing uh, pretty much the whole thing. Uh, you'll see. So, yeah, so those of you who want to know what I think about the shape of the world, just go and listen to that. You'll get all the information that you need. And I did say earlier in this show, so-called hemisphere, okay? I wasn't, I'm not trying to say hemisphere is in we live on a ball, okay? But that's just a term that we can use to describe those of us who live in Australia 
or South Africa or South America, um, you know, the what happens in the sky is different to what happens in the north, what we call the north, okay? And what, what we see down here, we all have in common, like the Southern Cross, for instance. You can see the Southern Cross here in Melbourne, Australia. You can see the Southern Cross in Johannesburg, South Africa. And I know that because I've been there, you see? So there are certain phenomena that we see that are the same in the south that are not necessarily the same in the north and vice versa. So when I use the word hemisphere, I just mean it to describe this part of the world where certain things we have in common, okay? So that's what I mean. But yeah, anyway, we'll leave that to there for now. Let's have a look. Uh, let's see. Uh, Multi Tom Tom says, JLB is a geocentrist. Well, I mean, yeah, I think Earth is the center of our experience. I mean, we live upon the Earth, whether it's a ball or a disc or concave or whatever the Earth is, it is central to our experience. We we walk upon it, don't we? You know, so uh, geocentrism, if geocentrism, uh, geocentrism rather is simply this idea that the Earth is central to our experience of this realm, what some people call a universe, then, yeah, I think it's, it's almost um, unavoidable to be a geocentrist. But if you mean geocentrist as in the sun rotates around the, around the Earth and all the other planets rotate around the Earth and you believe in this idea that what we see in the sky is solid physical objects, which many, many geocentrists seem to, like Robert Sungenis, he claims that the sun is this giant ball of gas that rotates around the Earth. Well, he's a geocentrist, so and he's much, much, much bigger than me. So if he's like in terms of his um, footprint on on the internet, in terms of the audience that he reaches, he's got a way bigger audience than me, and he calls himself a geocentrist. So do I want to identify with geocentrism as a label if a lot of people associate it with a guy who thinks that the sun is a giant ball of gas rotating around Earth? No, I don't want to associate myself with that. If that makes sense, I try and avoid labels, guys, and I think. It's, you'll probably benefit if you do the same. Try and avoid labels and avoid uh, groups who give themselves and give you a label. I don't really think it helps you most of the time. If I can be honest, most of the time, there are exceptions. Anyway, uh, the incredible craze says, JLB, do you have any actual content? These points have already been covered ad nauseum by LSC. That's a guy who calls himself Lord Stephen Christ. I'm not even making that up. There's a YouTuber who calls himself Lord Stephen Christ. He promotes concave earth, believe it or not. Yeah. Uh, these points have already been covered by LSC for a long time. Well, the incredible craze, the next segment of this show is me going through a little playlist that I've put together. So stick around for that. Let's see. Any other questions? Uh, let's see. Uh, Multi Tom Tom again. Let's see. Free energy. Yeah, free energy. Look, a lot of people believe in free energy. They believe in Nikola Tesla. Another free podcast available on my website is to do with Nikola Tesla. You'd be amazed how many people are out there writing books or making documentaries about Nikola Tesla who never cite Tesla's actual works. As in, Tesla never wrote a book. Tesla wrote some articles that ended up in uh, like magazines or newspapers. So I went and read those articles. And what I found was uh, to me at the time, incredible. It's like, hold on, this is what he actually wrote. This has nothing to do with what all these other people are saying about Tesla. Where are they getting their information from? So then I looked into that and it turns out it's just a whole bunch of people saying stuff about Tesla second or third hand, referencing each other, if anybody. Some of them don't reference anything. They just talk about Tesla and they get away with it because who's double checking this stuff? 
right? You you go to the, the bookstore and you see a book, Tesla and his amazing free energy. And you're like, oh, that looks interesting. And you read it. And it's like, oh, Tesla was in a big battle with Edison and uh, Tesla, the JP Morgans burnt down his. And it's like, whoa, this Tesla guy was a great guy. It's a shame they got rid of him. Oh, my God. You're probably not going to check to see if their references have any basis in reality. So then someone like me comes along and goes, oh, really? Tesla did all this amazing stuff, did he? Cool. I better go and double check. So I go to the back of the book and I see no references. I'm like, well, that's this book is worthless. Then I find another book who does give references. And I'm like, ah, he's making the same claims though. Tesla was this great guy, invented free energy, all this nonsense. And I'm like, ah, oh, let's go and check his references. Oh, other people's books, other secondhand, other second, uh, secondary source books, no actual quotes from Tesla himself. I'm like, oh, what? These, these are all just stories. What did Tesla actually write? So I went and read Tesla's works, went and hunted them down, verified them, and then read them. And look, reading is not a very popular thing in this scene. Now, people prefer to sit around and watch videos, and they think that that's a research. I watched a History Channel video about Tesla. I saw a YouTube video about Tesla, and it, had, it was very convincing, had lots of good music. And uh, they really think that that's research. It's like, wow. But uh, I actually went and read Tesla's works himself. And they had nothing in common with what people think about Tesla. So I put together a two-hour podcast on Tesla. Again, available for free from my website, johnlebond.com. But I do warn you, if you're one of those people who believes and wants to believe in this great Tesla who invented free energy and if only the, if only those damn JP Morgan hadn't got him, ah, we'd all be driving around in free energy cars by now. Those damn Morgans and Rockefellers. And ah, if you're one of those people who believes this utter moronic nonsense, and really wants to believe it and feels good believing it, maybe you want to avoid that podcast because it will trigger you because I will present information, primary source information that will completely dispel a lot of the myths that you believe in about Tesla. And most people, when they believe in myths, they feel good about the myths. They feel good believing that they live on a flat earth. They feel good believing that they live on a giant spinning ball going around the sun and they evolved from a fish. Some people actually feel good believing this nonsense and that's fine. Feel good believing it. I don't care. I release my content these days, uh, not for wider audiences. I release my content now for the small group of people, the small percentage of people who want to base their opinions on evidence rather than feelings. Most people are uh, feelings-based believers. Some people are evidence-based believers. Now, it's not a simple binary. There's obviously some crossover. It's more like a spectrum, right? I'm more interested in people on the side of the spectrum who base their opinions on evidence, primary source evidence, empirical evidence, empirical data, this kind of stuff, right? I'm not so much interested in people who want to believe things that make them feel good. Now, if I wanted to, I could do shows about flat earth or about any topic and try and make people feel good and use what I know about psychology and crowd psychology especially and and try and build up people's feelings and make them feel good. And I could probably solicit uh, donations and do silly experiments that are never going to work. I could probably make a lot of money if I wanted to focus my work on making people feel good. But I've got no interest in doing that, guys. I've got zero interest in trying to make people feel good for no good reason. I'm more interested in evidence. And so that Tesla podcast, I'll link to that in the info box below as well. But if you're a strong believer in Tesla, it probably won't make you feel good. Uh, but if you're just someone who bases your opinions on evidence, you probably will like it because it's, um, yeah, it's completely unique. I've found nothing like it 
anywhere to do with Tesla. And I did a lot of research. I went and found 21st Century Books, that website that sells lots of Tesla stuff, and did a lot of research for that podcast. Couldn't find anything that was like my work, just reading the primary source documents and drawing conclusions from that. Uh, the closest I found was a guy who actually wrote a book not too long ago about Tesla, dispelling some of the myths about Tesla, but still buying into the broader overall narrative. That, and that was the closest I found, you know, and it, that's one of the things that leads me to the conclusion that there are not many people who actually double check things these days. They will read a book about, well, read a book about Tesla. Yeah. Best case, some of them will read a book about Tesla. Most of them will just watch videos on YouTube or on the History Channel. And they really think that's research. Like that's how, that's how programmed they are, man. They're like zombies. Most of them, most people, especially in this scene, utterly, utterly hopeless. And what that means is that when someone like me comes along and I'm like, no, I want to double check these claims. I want to see what the guy actually wrote. It's like, holy crap. I, I, can't, be, I can't be the first person who's actually gone and done this. Uh, there, there must be someone who's come before me and done this. And so you search and you search. You even put a, a call out to your listeners, to your audience. You say, guys, is there anyone else who's, who's looked into this? Like, do you know anyone who's looked into this? No, nothing. If you want genuine skepticism, what I call deep skepticism of Nikola Tesla, you, I think all there is is me. I hope I'm wrong. I hope there's other people out there doing what I'm doing. I pray to the cosmos that that's the case, but I think it's just me. And if you want access to that, just go to johnlebond.com free. It's, you don't even need a membership. There are free memberships at johnlebond.com where you get other exclusive material, but this podcast is free to anyone. Just go there and look up uh, Tesla, Scientist and Priest. It'll come up and it's a two-hour podcast. And uh, hey, if I'm wrong, guys, if I'm wrong about Tesla, all you need to do is listen to that podcast, look at my resources, my references, my citations, and show how I'm wrong. Show how the evidence is not factual, how I've like how it's erroneous. Show how the logical order of my arguments is erroneous, and uh, and I will change my mind and I'll make a public uh, video saying, guys, I thought I was onto something with Tesla, but here's what I did not know. Now I've changed my mind. I was wrong. You'll be doing me a huge favor. If I'm wrong about this, I'd much rather find out now than 10 years down the track. So please, but don't come to me and say, you're wrong about Tesla because I saw this History Channel video. No, I don't. Guys, I just explained. I don't care about your stupid History Channel videos. I want primary source evidence and logical arguments. Okay, very simple. So uh, so yeah, anyway, let's have a look. Uh, that's about it from the live chat for now. Oh, D. Lees says he never thought he'd find himself in a JLB chat. Well, you're welcome here, D. Lees, and um, you're welcome to to question me or to question other people. You won't get banned. Uh, Jordan Rain's in the live chat, doing a good job with the uh, moderating so far. And if there are ever any problems with the moderation in my live chat, just email me, johnlebon123 at gmail.com, and I will personally respond to any emails complaining about moderation. If you see a comment that got banned or deleted that shouldn't have been banned or deleted, uh, take a screenshot of it, send it to me, and we can just uh, discuss it, you and me. And if there's been a big um, injustice, who knows, maybe I'll invite you onto a live show where you can air your opinions with me on the live show, you know what I mean, to, to rectify that problem. Don't want to see people's opinions getting banned for no reason. If that does happen, let's try and resolve it. Let's try and be as different to the lobe busters as possible. The less that I'm like them, the better. Now, with all of that said, let's move on to the next segment of this show, and what I would like to do is screen share with you right now uh, some videos that I put together some time ago. I think this is it. Let's have a look. No. Where are we? 
uh, do apologize for the dead air, guys. It is. It can be tough at times to to do it all by yourself, but we're getting there, I think. Let's have a look. Uh, Google Hangouts. This one. Is it this one? Can't be that one. Google Hangouts, full screen. Oh, I do apologize for the dead air, guys. I might have to edit this one out, I think. Start screen share. Is this one coming through? This is the one I want to screen share. This is the window I want to screen share. Is that coming through? Let's find out. Nope. Don't worry, guys. We'll get there. I do apologize. We will get there. Let's have a look. Yeah, I think uh, Google Hangouts is incredible technology, and I'm very thankful that I can do this completely for free. It doesn't cost anything. Anyone can can broadcast to the world. How cool is that? So um, I'm not complaining about Google Hangouts, but when you're doing the whole thing by yourself, it can be a little bit of a pain. So let's see. Uh, let's go to present to everyone. I think this will work, guys. I'm hoping this will work. Let's have a look. If I do that, is that working? Oh, man, this is a pain. All right, just bear with me, guys. I'll see if I can sort this out. There's uh, Basically, what I want to do is screen share a, um, a playlist that I put together some time ago. 30 videos in the playlist. Would you believe that? And uh, I want to talk through those videos one by one, just give an overview of them to give people an idea of the work that I've done in the past regarding all of this. So let's try screen share one more time. Here we go. Now it's working. There we go. See, I know how to get it eventually. Let's go. All right. So this is my playlist. It's called Flat Earth Debunking Criticism and Humor. Now, don't get triggered because I know that some of you in the live chat, you are Flat Earth believers. And again, that's perfectly fine, okay? The way I see it, if you're a Flat Earth believer, I don't really think that's a problem. We live in a world where the majority of people believe or they seem to believe they live on a giant spinning ball hurtling around the sun through the infinite vastness of space, okay? So if everyone's allowed to believe that utter nonsense, then you are allowed to believe that the earth is flat, okay? I'm not, that's not the issue here. The issue is that there are people promoting this idea as though they can prove it. They claim they've got a model. They claim they've got evidence. They claim it's going to change the world. They claim it's going to go from 5% to 95% overnight. They're taking money from people. You know what I mean? They're doing these experiments that never work and then doing them again and getting more money again. They're banning dissent in the live chat. They're encouraging people either implicitly or explicitly to alter their real world lives to sever friendships. There's one uh, prominent flat earth proponent who claims that he is now estranged from his wife of 27 years, partly due to flat earth, okay? That's where the issue is. If you want to believe the earth is flat, I say go right ahead. What else are you going to do? Believe you live on a giant spinning ball hurtling around the sun? Most people, they have to choose one or the other. They can only think in Pepsi, Coke, Republican, Democrat. They can only think in binaries. So if you're one of those people who can only think in binaries, then by all means, believe in flat earth because the other option is just as crazy, if not more so in some ways. So believe whatever you want. I don't care. But like I said, it is important that people understand there are people out there showing calmly, rationally, logically with evidential based arguments that this flat earth stuff is nonsense. Okay. So let's go through a playlist right now, shall we? And I'll just double check that that's coming through and it does seem to be. All right. So going back to now, I number all of my videos, as many of you have noticed, I number my videos firstly with the final two digits of the year. So 2015 would be one five. And then that video in chronological order, order rather, from 01 through to however many videos I make for the year. So going back to 1563, i.e. the 63rd video I made of last year, 
right through to relatively recently, I've made a number of videos uh, either uh, debunking, criticizing, or mocking Flat Earth in one way or another. Now, please don't get triggered because I'm not uh, criticizing, mocking, or debunking all Flat Earthers or all Flat Earth believers. I'm talking more about this model that these people claim they have and the leading flat earth proponents. And let me tell you this. There's a guy down here in Melbourne. I'm originally from Melbourne, and then I went to Brisbane for five years. I've been back in Melbourne for a couple of months now. There's a guy who I know down here in Melbourne. I met him through my online work. He is a flat earth believer, or at least he was last time I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago, right? And he had been for over a year. He bought a copy of Eric Dubay's Flat Earth Conspiracy. He spoke highly of it. So I went and bought myself a copy of Dubay's Flat Earth Conspiracy. I bought the PDF. It was like $10, right? I was like, yeah, I'll look into this. Why not? And Dubay's book was very useful for me. Very useful. I highly recommend it, especially if you're a flat earth believer. The least you can do is read one book on it, right? Dubay's book is 10 bucks PDF. You can print a copy yourself. That's what I did. Or you can just buy the physical copy. I don't know, 25 bucks or something. That's not that much, guys. You can all afford that. Don't tell me that you can't afford that. If you want to be a flat earth believer, the least you can do is read Dubay's uh, Flat Earth Conspiracy, right? Because even though there's some parts of it I disagree with, there's plenty of parts that are terrific, you know? There's stuff in there that still, to this day, the leading Flat Earth proponents still don't talk about. Why is that? Very weird to me. So anyway, the point of my story is, this guy's a Flat Earth believer to the point where he buys the books, he believes it. He's a really nice guy. He's a good guy, intelligent guy. He wants to believe the Earth is flat. That's fine. When we hang out, I don't try and change his mind about that. And he doesn't try and change my mind to believe that the earth is flat. You see what I mean? That's no problem. Believe what you want. It doesn't matter. You can be a flat earth believer and still be a good person, a lovely person. No issues, okay? So don't get triggered by this playlist. Don't get triggered by what I'm saying. I'm presenting to you information, ideas, evidence, etc. okay? So starting with JLB 1563, Australia to South America flights kill AE flat earth map. This was a video I made showing evidence that flights do exist between Australia and South America. Because originally, going back to the Flat Earth Clues days, February 2015, Mark Sargent with his Flat Earth Clues, Part 1, Empty Theatre. This is the first of a series of clues which will help you get your head around both the design of the Flat Earth system we live in and the people who put you here, or something like that, right? If you go back to when Flat Earth first started, uh, first started getting big, circa February 2015, Right through for the first few months, even the first 12 months, really, it was claimed that the lack of flights between the southern continents, Australia, South America, and Southern Africa, it was claimed that that was proof of flat earth. Okay, so the premise was these flights do not exist. The conclusion was that's proof of flat earth. Like the flights would exist if they were possible. They don't exist, which means that they're not possible. They would be possible on a ball. They wouldn't be possible if it was flat. They, they don't exist. So therefore, the earth is flat. That was the claim. Don't take my word for it. Just go back and listen to what people were saying back then. Not just Sargent's Flat Earth Clues, but the shows that sprung up a few months subsequent to that. That's what people were claiming. Now, me, I had flown from Johannesburg to Perth, okay? Perth being on our west coast. It's like our fourth largest city here in Australia. We've got, we've got really five cities, you know, really in Australia, like five big ones, five big cities. And Sydney and Melbourne are pretty huge. Perth, uh, not so much, but it's the largest city in our Western state called Western Australia. So if you fly from South Africa to Australia, there's a very good chance you'll stop in at Perth, even if you're on your way to Melbourne, as was the case for me. So I knew, and that was back in 2010. 
goes on, right? So this idea that there were no Southern flights to me was silly from the start. But the idea there were no flights from Australia to South America, to me, I was like, well, that's plausible. The flights might exist. They might not. I've never taken one. I don't know anyone who's taken one. Is it possible they could be lying? And the, like the people who say they've flown those paths are just paid actors or just make believe. Is that possible? Sure. Anything's possible. So I was, I was open-minded to it. But if the flights existed, that's a big problem for Flat Earth by their own admission, including David Weiss, who was on the Baller Skeptic Roundtable, who said that if it could be proven that the flights existed between Australia and South America, it would kill and destroy the Flat Earth. He used two, three, four different ways of describing the notion that if you can prove those flights exist between Australia and South America, it'll kill the whole thing. Now, you have to understand that, okay, now in Flat Earth, and really for all of this year, but it's getting worse and worse and worse. There's a core group of people who are passionate devotees of Flat Earth. They really believe in it, or they seem to really believe in it, uh, to the point of religious fervor, okay? But back when this Flat Earth thing was originally gaining traction, it was not like that. They needed people... ...want to see evidence until we've got evidence one way or another. We're happy to entertain ideas. They needed people like me to give the whole thing legitimacy. And not just me. I don't just mean people with channels. I just mean regular people. Some of you watching right now, regular people who are like, well, this might be true, that might be true. We don't have the evidence at hand right now. I'm not going to make a call either way until the evidence is in, right? They needed that kind of open-minded person. Saying, oh, yeah, that, that these flights exist. Of course that disproves flat earth because of course it does. But they needed to say that back then, back when they hadn't built up this cult religious following that they now have who will believe anything and justify or defend anything. They didn't have that back then. They had to be more serious and say, yeah, of course, if the flights exist, it destroys everything because of course it does. And they admitted that, right? Well, then uh, JLB 1563, like when was that one? I don't even know that was from. Like, was that middle of last year? Let's find out. Don't even remember. Uh, November 25, end of last year, right? Well, what happens? A leading flat earther, I forget his name. He released a video. It might have been ODU Pick You or something like that. He released a video uh, focusing on like the control, what do you call that main system in a plane, the six instruments, the main instruments of the plane. He zoomed in on a flight between Australia and South America on the flight instruments and he tried to claim that the uh, altimeter um, was remaining the same the, the whole flight or was try trying to claim that their angle of attack or one of these instruments was remaining the same and he was claiming that it shouldn't on a ball. And so he was uh, trying to claim that this was proof of a flat earth. But there's one big problem. By accepting that video footage of that flight, well, there's that southern flight that we all know destroys flat earth, that the leading flat earthers have actually admitted uh, destroys flat earth. So you've just, you have just kind of just rolled yourself there, Mr. Flat Earth Dude. But I thought rather than just call him out on that, I'd look further into the story because just because there's a YouTube video of a flight between Australia and South America doesn't really mean the flight exists. You can fake anything. So I thought, let's go and look into the story of this supposed flight between Australia and South America. And it turned out the guy who had made the video, he's like a prominent, um, there are people who they love watching planes. Like they'll go to airports and just watch planes and they'll track, they'll know which plane, um, like not just what type, like a 747, but which actual model is flying into any airport at any given time. Uh, what do they call them? Skywatchers or, I don't know, there's some term. It's like a hobby. It's a very niche hobby that people do. 
well, this guy is one of them and he's a successful one to the point where he makes money doing it. And of course, once people start making money or enough money to live from doing something, then you have to wonder, well, where is that money coming from? Is it just coming from his supporters? Is it coming from the airlines themselves? Is there a conflict of interest here? Yada, yada, yada. So that's the kind of research that I did into this guy. I think his name was Sam Chui, C-H-U-I, off the top of my head. And I made a video about it. And I titled the video, Oz to South America Flights Kill, AE Flat Earth Map. That is a month equidistant projection, projection rather, which is, of course, or at least it was up until a certain point, this um, big flat earth um, symbol. It was like a, a central symbol. The same way that the cross is a central symbol for Christianity or the Star of David is for Judaism or the uh, crescent moon is for uh, Islam, so was the AE projection for Flat Earth. It was central to their whole belief system up until recently, so far as I can tell. And, uh, of course, these flights do not work on the AE map. And I released that video. And I mean, let's, let's, I should, should have left it open. Let's just double-check that. You've got almost 5,000 views on that video now. That's pretty cool. Uh, 80 thumbs up, 27 thumbs down. So, you know, back then you were allowed to release this kind of material without getting totally downvoted, right? That was back in the day. So we'll leave that one for there. Then um, should distant objects tilt away on a ball earth? This was 1565. Let's just go check that one out, shall we? And um, yeah, just over 1300 views. This one was in response to Stinky Cash. Now, Stinky Cash had been on the Ball Earth Skeptic Roundtable, episode seven, if memory serves me correctly. Seems like a nice guy. I think he's roughly the same age as me, maybe even a bit younger. We're talking maybe mid to late 20s. And I'm 29 now. I was 27 at the time of the Ball Earth Skeptic Roundtable, 27, 28. Ran from June to June, July, August. I think it ran from June to August. So yeah, I would have been 27, 28 uh, when, when Ball Earth... Skeptic Roundtable was uh, was showing. So it was really easy for me to get along with Stinky Cash. Seems like a really nice guy. And also, he seems to be hip to the hollow hoax, and he seems to be wise to the Jew lies, which is really cool because there are, if you go and read the Talmud, there are passages that openly state that, well, go and read it for yourself. Let's just say that when we talk about supremacism, the problem in society today is not white supremacism. It is Jewish supremacism, and that is very easy to prove. And most people won't talk about it because they either don't know or they're scared to speak or they're otherwise compromised. But Stinky Cash spoke about this kind of stuff, which I thought was really cool. So I liked the guy. But then he released a video of him zooming in on like um, a bridge or something near where he lives in the US. And he was like, you can't see the, the, bri- the bridges tilting or you can't see the buildings tilting. And I'm like, I've already, I've already explained with my Ball Earth Maths series which took a lot of time and effort, by the way, to put together that Ball Earth Maths series. I've already explained. You shouldn't be able to see the tilt over these minuscule distances, these relatively tiny distances. Even if we lived on the ball that NASA says that we lived on or that the authorities say we lived on, you would not be able to see tilt over those distances just using basic mathematics, guys, right? And I was like, how can Stinky Cash? All right, he mustn't have seen my videos. That's totally cool. So I left a comment on his video saying, hey, dude, um, you wouldn't be able to, even if you lived on a ball, you wouldn't be able to see the tilt. Uh, just using basic math, so wouldn't, you wouldn't see the tilt, dude. So that's the argument that you're using for flat earth is not a good argument. There might be good arguments for flat earth, but this one is not one of them. And he replied with like a flippant comment, like a, yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hmm. So, so someone else has put time and effort into a video showing that that's a bad argument. You've then used that argument in a video that you're making that same person has taken the time to explain to you, hey, man, 
no offense, but that, that argument has already been debunked. You might want to reconsider this video. And then you want to respond with a flippant comment. Alrighty then. Well, there's only really one way to deal with this. So I released my video asking, should distant objects tilt away on a ball earth? And um, explaining once again, that this was a bad argument. Trying to help people see that there is a logical way to think. You can use evidence or you can use, in some cases, very basic mathematics to make a case, right? It's really not that difficult. I'll share it with you, right? And that's what I did. So that was 1565. Should distant objects tilt away on a ball earth? 108 thumbs up, only eight thumbs down. Again, can you believe that? There was a time when JLB could release a video on the topic of flat earth, even debunking certain arguments of the flat earth, and still overwhelming support. Now, why would that have been? That same video, if I release that video today, it gets way more thumbs down than thumbs up. The exact same video. Now, why is that? It's because, and many people seem to have forgotten this, it's because early on in this flat earth renaissance, it was okay to point out the bad arguments. It was okay to question the model. It was okay to do these kinds of things. That's how it initially, this whole thing initially got any traction, is that there were people like me who were saying, hey, before you guys go and attack the flat earthers, let's just look at their arguments. What do you know? Some of the things I say about heliocentrism are worth looking at. What do you know? There are certain things that we were told were crazy about flat earth, but it's not really crazy about flat earth. Do you know what I mean? Like, let's just look at it. Why do we have to get triggered? Let's just look at it. And if there's certain evidence that we don't have, let's try and find it. Let's wait for it to come in before we judge it, right? They needed that at the start before they got their devoted, devout following. And so during that period, during that phase, people like me were allowed to ask these kinds of questions because that was the whole way that this uh, gained legitimacy, right? That exact same video today gets downvoted to oblivion. Why is that? I think some of you are starting to work this out now. You have to look at the chronology of this, especially if you're new to flat earth. The way that it is now is not the way it's always been. In fact, it started very differently and you have to understand that. So that was the second video in the playlist. Let's move on then. Matt Boylan interview song and dance. This was a good one, right? So when Nathan Oakley first entered the scene, he uh, was doing these interviews and he's a good interviewer. I've always said I think he's a good interviewer. He's calm. When he's not in evil mode, when he's just in normal mode, he's calm, he's pleasant, uh, particularly for me in Australian, we happen to like the British um, way of being. We, ha- we, we tend to like their mannerisms and their demeanor. I'm not sure how Americans sort of see the British, but because we uh, were colonized by the British, because we have this cultural tie to them, I suppose, uh, many of us find them very likable. Or at least I certainly do. And uh, so I like I liked his interview style and he interviewed um, fake space man in space, Jamie, fake space man in space, and he interviewed a few other people. He interviewed Matt Boylan. And this is back when people still took Matt Boylan seriously. I don't think anyone does anymore. I hope they don't. But this is back when some people still did. And it was a crazy interview. I'm, I'm sure if you go and try, look, I'll put a link, if I can find it, I'll put a link in the info box below to this interview between Boylan and Oakley. And basically, Boylan was being a complete and utter idiot, right? And to me, it was pretty obvious that he was intentionally acting the fool, right? To me, it was pretty obvious, but sometimes I see things other people don't see, right? But even if you don't think he was intentionally acting the fool, you can see he was acting the fool. He was like, oh, they're playing with my mouse. The, the king and queen are probably laughing at me right now, like as though, as though there was someone um, like, who had hacked into his computer live in real time and was playing with his browser, right? Seriously, that's the kind of nonsense that he was going on about. I'm not making this up, guys. Go and check it, right? And I was like, well, this is crazy. So uh, I took a little clip of that uh, interview and released this mocking video 
Matt Boyle in the interview Song and Dance. And, um, I mean, how, what kind of response did that one get? Just out of interest. Let's go and find out. Uh, over 1,000 views, 44 thumbs up. Check that out, guys. I released a video mocking Matt Boylan, who at the time some people still respected as this great flat earth proponent, you know what I mean? Over a 1,000 views, 44 thumbs up, two thumbs down, right? Can you believe that? This was December last year, so almost a year ago, right? Just a couple of weeks shy of a year ago, I could release a video, get over a 1,000 views, mocking a leading flat earth proponent and get more thumbs up than thumbs down, right? How things have changed. Where are we? So now that was a good one. JLB1582, the flat earth Arctic zigzag sun de- uh, argument debunked. So this Arctic zigzag sun uh, argument is this idea that if you look at footage from the, suppose that there's footage from the, the north where the camera focuses on the sun the whole day because obviously during their summer, the sun remains in the sky uh, at different sort of elevations for 24 hours straight. Uh, depending on sort of how far north you go. And there, there's this argument that you, sh- <laughs> that you shouldn't be able to see the zigzag. This, this was a genuine flat earth argument. Maybe it still is, I'm not sure. But there was this argument that what should happen is uh, you should instead see the sun zigzag back and forth as you're on the earth. You should see, like from your vision, the sun shouldn't go up and down around. It should zigzag back and forth. It's very hard for me to uh, describe in, in words right now to you. But I do my best to explain that flat earth argument and why it's obviously wrong in that video, JLB1582 flat earth Arctic zigzag sun argument debunked. Now, this one probably did get more heat than most of my videos. This one might have got a few thumbs down, if memory serves me. 35, look at that, 3,000 views. Even this one, and a lot of people believed in the Arctic zigzag sun argument because at the time, the lobe busters were pushing this argument as well. Morgyle uh, via the lobe busters was pushing the zigzag sun argument like it was a good proof of flat earth. Like, Jesus, man. And I even left a comment on the Low Busters episode, that relevant episode, saying, uh, guys, this zigzag sun argument, um, it might seem good at first, but if you think about it, and especially if you get a pen and paper out and just sort of try to um, re... Uh, what's the word? You know, try and model it yourself just with a basic rudimentary model, um, your own physical model. Just think about it. You wouldn't see a zigzag. Even if we lived on a giant spinning ball, you would not see a zigzag sun, and here's why, right? And so I left that comment on the Load Busters channel. And this was back when we were on much better terms. And um, and I got a response back from Bob saying, yeah, JLB, I agree with you. That's why I didn't say anything during that part of the show. And this was a public comment. If if this was something that Bob sends me privately, I would, I would keep it private. I keep my private correspondence private. Even with people I don't like, even with people who are very disrespectful towards me, I keep my private correspondence private. This was a response that he left publicly. And he said, yeah, I agree with you. Um, that's why I was quiet during that part of the show because I don't believe in the zigzag uh, argument either. I just let more go chat. And look, I can understand that. Just because you're on a panel with someone who says something that you disagree with doesn't mean that you have to call them out on everything you disagree with. You can let them say their bit and that's fine. That was the same with me on the ball. Let's get the ground table. So I was like, okay, so Bob doesn't believe in it. He's just let the Morgyle go off on his little zigzag sun argument tangent. Uh, fair enough. But he kept going on about this Morgyle. Like week after week, he would talk about this stupid zigzag sun argument. And I was like, this is ridiculous, man. So I went and released a video explaining what that argument is and why it's ridiculous. And despite that, look at that. 79 thumbs up, 35 thumbs down. Again, 
you were allowed to debunk bad flat earth arguments back then. Anyway, uh, 1587, 33 proofs the earth is not flat. That was obviously a piss take video. And uh, this was during a time when I was releasing videos and taking part in live shows where I was getting people to question this narrative of there are paid shields everywhere. Because this has been a big problem now in the independent, this is called the independent media. It's been this big problem now for a long time where a lot of people really believe there are all of these paid shills everywhere and that guy's a paid shill and she's a paid shill and everyone's a paid shill. And when I first got into this scene, I got sucked into that as well. Now, I didn't go around calling everyone a paid shill on my live shows. Even people I was very suspicious of, I would generally keep my concerns private. I didn't think it was very beneficial to go public and say, I think that guy's, I think that guy's. But um, then it dawned on me, hold on a second. Maybe there aren't any paid shills at all. Like maybe this is all just paranoia that uh, is, is put out there by people who benefit from it. You know, someone has a YouTube channel who wants people to think that he's bringing down the system by exposing the baby hoaxes, you know, Boston bombings, I'm exposing Boston bombings and, oh, there are paid shills out to get me and they're taking down my channel. That's naturally going to evoke sympathy from his audience, maybe elicit more donations and this kind of thing. It makes the people care about him more because they're like, oh, you know, he's putting up with all the paid shills who are attacking him and we're so lucky he's here. And so it helps him to promote this story. It might even help him in his mind to believe it, to believe he's under attack and what have you. And so for this reason and many others, you can see why there is this interest that some people might have in believing in or promoting the paid shills are everywhere meme. It's a meme. It's an idea. It's an idea that spreads. There's shills out to get us. And so at the time, I was investing a lot of time and energy into making videos, getting people to question this. And I, and I did so at some cost to myself because I've obviously been accused of being a paid shill many times. So when someone who is accused of being a paid shill comes out and says, guys, do you even have any evidence that there are any paid shills? Like put me aside for a moment. I just mean anyone. Do you have any evidence that any of these people are paid shills? What is your evidence? Not that you disagree with that person or you think that person is saying things that are untrue, just evidence that they're a paid shill. And of course the answer is no, they don't. They don't. So at the time, like that, looking back at all the work that I've done in this scene, this is actually something that I think is very under, like most people don't even remember that I did this. And they, the ones who do remember it don't really, I think, appreciate, uh, appreciate as in understand the importance of what was done. You know, I helped, I think, uh, stamp out for a long period there what had become just, you know, every second comment that people were leaving was page or page or. I think by calling people out on it and saying, yeah, but what's your evidence? By applying my natural skepticism to this narrative of paid shills everywhere, I think I helped to quash it to a large extent. Not completely, and I don't think it'll ever go away completely. You will always have people who, where they believe it or they're just saying it to benefit from it. You'll always have people saying, he's a paid shill, she's a paid shill, you know, looking like the paranoid fools that they oftentimes are. You'll always have that. But I think to a large extent, I helped sort of, um, you know, quash that a little bit. So by releasing JLB 1587, 33 proofs the earth uh, is not flat by putting the 33 there obviously that was going to trigger all of the conspiratards because really this scene is full of conspiratards and if you want to know what i mean by the word conspiratard just go to my website johnlebond.com i've got a listing there of all of the definitions of key terms that i use and this scene is full of conspiratards in fact you know what i might do i might even go to uh, johnlebond.com let's go check that out shall we I'll give you my definition of the word conspirator just so you get an idea of what I mean by that term. Let's go to about JLB lingo. 
Right, JLB Lingo, it's the first listing. It's all in alphabetical order. So this is from johnlebond.com, JLB Lingo. Conspiratard, quote, an individual who believes they have woken up or taken the red pill but is usually every bit as deluded and confused as the typical normie, if not more so, have a tendency to prioritise their pet topics over all else, even in regular conversation with family and friends. They make all alternative thinkers look bad. They're often drawn into the truther or conspiracy scene due to a lack of ostensible success in the regular system. They rarely engage in actual research and often do not read nonfiction at all, instead preferring to do their research, in inverted commas, by watching YouTube videos. Long-term conspiratards generally have little hope of rehabilitation and are best left alone and politely ignored end quote. So that's a broad overview of what a conspiratard is and flat earth, just like every other alternative thinking or research scene, every other conspiracy scene, they attract conspiratards. They attract these people who don't have much else going on in their life. They want to believe they know something special because it makes them special. They want excuses for why their lives haven't worked out the way that they wanted. And they will blame whoever is the, the gremlin or the goblin of today. So in flat earth, that is Barack Obama and his flat earth speeches or Neil deGrasse Tyson or NASA or whoever, it's their fault that I'm, you know, haven't got many friends and, you know, I'm doing much with my life. They're the ones and we need to bring them down, you know, or in, uh, in white nationalism uh, circles, there are many people who they just want to blame the Jews. It's all the Jews. The Jews do this, the Jews do that. And that's why I'm leading a pretty boring life. And so, you know, now I'm into this scene. You know what I mean? Or, um, you know, anything like Tesla. People want to believe in like, oh, you know, I've got no money to pay my bills and I should have free electricity. And if it weren't for the Rockefellers, I would have free electricity because Tesla was going to save us. And it's all because of the Rockefellers. It's all because of the Rothschilds. And, you know, they just want to blame a gremlin for the problems in their life. These are conspirators, oftentimes. It doesn't mean that everything they believe is wrong because obviously to use the example of the white nationalists, it is true that the mainstream media is controlled by Jewish people. That is easy to prove. It's easy to verify. The Federal Reserve Bank, uh, the last chairman going back 28 years, the chairman, 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 uh, currently, what's her name? Janet Yellen, before her, uh, Ben Bernanke, before him, Alan Greenspan. The last might even be 30 years now, all controlled by Jews, right? So a lot of conspiratorial belief is based on things that are true, but they then use that and it becomes their pet topic. This is, this is their thing and they won't shut up about it. You know, chemtrails or whatever, uh, we all know some conspiratards, many people who will watch this video, many people who will, not everyone, but there'll be many people who watch this video who are oblivious to the fact that they are a conspiratard of one type or another. That's just the reality. And so, um, so yeah, so obviously I triggered a lot of conspiratards with my uh, video, 33 proofs the earth is not flat, just by putting the 33 there. I thought that was pretty funny. It's like a 20-minute video where I talk about uh, 33 places on earth that are not flat, right? Uh, hills or valleys or this kind of thing. And, um, and yeah, these places are not flat. Now, the flat earther will come back and go, oh, no, flat earth doesn't mean the whole earth is completely flat. It just means that it's overall pretty much flat. And it's like, yeah, okay, uh, which, which parts are flat? And they'll be like, oh, you know, um, that place in South America, the salt flats. And it's like, that part is flat. And it's like, okay, so you've got, let's just pretend that you can prove that that one part is legitimately flat, all right? Let's take for the sake of argument that that's true. One part of Earth being flat 
does not prove the whole earth is flat unless my one mountain range proves that the whole earth is curved. You see, it is fallacious logic. So what I was doing with JLB uh, 1587 was showing that the logic that's being applied by many flat earth promoters and believers is fallacious logic. So I was kind of able, and I, I do this a lot more than people seem to realize, I was kind of able to kill two birds with one stone. I was able to uh, trigger some um, some conspiratards by putting the 33 in there and further reinforce this notion that I was putting out there at the time that a lot of people are just looking for reasons to believe people are paid chills and me putting the 33 there. Obviously, a lot of people are like, ah, Illuminati confirmed. But I was also able to show the fallacious logic involved in a lot of flat earth belief, you see? And so I, got, I managed to get the two out of the way in one go. And uh, I think this has like 3,000 views or something. Was it thumbs up, thumbs down? There you go. Roughly even. One, 5,000 views, actually. Some of these videos have gone up a lot since I last checked them. Uh, 146 versus 148. So roughly the same. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, almost 5,000 views. So there you go. And that was my last video on Flat Earth for the year, I do believe. Yeah, it was. So the next one wasn't until 1602. Now, just giving a rough overview of some of the next few videos, JLB E1602. This is when I started releasing my Flat Earth videos on my extra channel, John the Bond Extra. I've got John the Bond, the main channel that this video is on right now. Then I've got John the Bond Extra. And um, and I kind of got over Flat Earth. Like, I didn't know then what I know now about just how powerful the belief had become for a lot of people and the way that certain people were using it to get attention or shekels or whatever. So, I, you know, at the time, I just thought, man, I'm tired of this. Other people get tired eventually. Just put it on my backup channel and focus on more important things with the primary channel for now. So that's why the next few are all JLBE. So Stinky Cash, Flat Earth, uh, Building Tilt Argument Debunked. So even after I uh, politely clued in Stinky Cash to the fact that his video was wrong and it had been shown wrong already, uh, even after that, and then I made a video disproving Building Tilt, still these Building Tilt arguments were coming. So I was like, that's it. I will call Stinky Cash out by name and show him, show the world how he is wrong. And that's what I did. And this one's only got 827 views. The view counts for all of these ones will be lower because they'll put on my backup channel. But still, 51 thumbs up, 23 thumbs down. And uh, if you're wondering why that has got the blue light, that's because it's on my backup channel, but I've thumbs it up with my main channel so it comes up in my feed so others can see it. But uh, I'm not even subscribed to John LeBon Extra. If I get to 999, I'll subscribe to get to 1,000. How's that sound? But anyway, so that was the Stinky Cash Flat Earth Building Tilt argument debunked. Now, a thing to keep in mind here is that a lot of these arguments, whether it's the Southern Flights or Building Tilt, these are arguments that were promoted as proofs of Flat Earth, even by the Lobe Busters. Look, there's no tilt. You can't see, you know, because Bob apparently holidays in Hawaii or something. And so he one, one episode of Lobe Busters, maybe more than one, but at least one, he's shown the, the footage, photos that he took of his holiday to Hawaii. And he's like, look, you can't see any tilt in that building. Like a building that's like, I don't know, a few hundred meters away. And it's like, Bob, you shouldn't even be able to see tilt, even if we live on a ball, uh, the ball the size that NASA says. You still shouldn't be able to see tilt over miles and miles and miles. And your photo's like, like not even that. What? Are you doing any research? Are you doing any thinking at all? Have you ever sat down and just done some maths outside of school? Like it's not that hard. Basic elementary maths will show you that you should not be able to see tilt even if you live on a giant spinning ball, okay? Hopefully, they've stopped using those arguments. I think whether low busters still use these silly arguments or not, I think a lot of flat earth proponents have left these silly arguments behind. They've gone from a list of 10 or 15 
really popular flat earth arguments that one by one have had the carpet pulled from under them. And I, I for one, am very proud of what I've done to pull the rug from underneath a lot of these silly arguments, just using maths, using logic, using real evidence, etc. right? And that's another point that has to be made, especially if you're new to flat earth, you might have two or three favorite proofs of flat earth, right? And maybe we can discuss those later. But once upon a time, the flat earth believers had more than that. But one by one, they've just been pew, 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 shot down by people like me. You know, and hopefully this flat earth tilt, hopefully people aren't still pushing that ridiculous argument. Because that's one you can just disprove with basic maths, guys. And once someone has convinced you to get to the point of just denying basic maths, just denying it, you've lost it, my friend. And yes, we live in a world where the average person believes all kinds of nonsense. They believe they live on a giant spinning ball going around the sun. They believe the earth used to be inhabited by giant lizard birds. They believe they evolved from fish. They believe the whole universe uh, got created by a big bang where everything came from nothing. The average person believes some insane nonsense, right? So if you want to believe insane nonsense as well, that's fine. But at least the normies, the nonsense they believe, everyone believes. At least they have it in common with the people they work with and live with in their family. Whereas if you've started denying basic maths just to believe in flat earth, okay, your, your beliefs might not be any crazier than the average person's, but you're pretty much alone. All you've got is the lobe busters. How is your life better? At least believing in the nonsense heliocentrism, you know, where they can weigh the earth with heavy balls, at least you can still be on the same level as your family and your friends and, you know, you won't go through your life feeling so alone and distant, right? Whereas once you say, nope, I'm going to deny basic maths, elementary trigonometry, because Bob on Globebusters says that he can't see the tilt from his hotel balcony and he should be able to see it. And so if he can't see it and he should be able to, that's proof of a flat earth then you've gone from believing the crazy nonsense they give us at school to believing crazy nonsense on YouTube. And now you need these flat earthers because that's all you've got. And that's really sad. And uh, I think that's a big part of why so many people are so devout in their belief because this is all they've got left. This is all they've got left. They've, they've denied mathematics. You know, there, you can bet there are people out there around the world who have had a family member say to them, no, nah, that I don't think so like that. Not because, no, because, there's maths that we can use, you know what I mean? Whether it's this argument or the Southern flights or whatever, you can bet there are people around the world who've tried to tell family and friends that they believe the earth is flat and they've used these ridiculous, fallacious arguments and they've caused uh, problems with, with family and friends. You can bet that that's the case because they've got people like the low busters promoting it. <clears throat> Pardon me. And um, yeah, it's pretty full on stuff, guys. Pretty full on. Hey, this is Metafay where we don't just talk about the shape of the earth. We talk about the effect that this topic on YouTube has had on uh, people, people on the individual, people on the broader sense, on the micro and on the macro, the effect that this has had. And uh, yeah, you can bet there are people around the world, well-meaning people who have tried to convince others that the earth is flat and they've used videos like Building Tilt. And people like me have done what we can. And look, in my video, I don't just sit there in my videos and go, this is a bad argument. No, I... I sit there and I script these videos, all right? I do the maths by hand. I use my calculator, right? Then I will photocopy, I'll scan my the stuff that I've done. I'll upload it as a presentation. My videos are very, there's so much editing that goes into them, right? Some of my videos will have uh, four tracks of, um, of clips, audio, um, you know, like the images that you put on the screen. Those of you who've done video editing, you know what I'm talking about. These aren't single track videos, dudes. There's lots of time and effort that goes into these videos trying to help people to see through the nonsense, right? 
I've done that and I've done that because I'm trying to help people stop promoting nonsense arguments, right? Whether it's for Flat Earth or for Tesla, you know, or for any of the many topics that I deal with, you know, even things as controversial as race mixing. You can look at empirical data that will show you, like we're talking 80,000 people sample size studies that show that the children of, of race mixing couples have worse health outcomes uh, and, and worse um, uh, social outcomes or educational outcomes. It can be shown via empirical studies. Now, you might have your own studies that are different to those studies. These are the kind of things that should be talked about. These are very controversial topics. Again, it's I'm putting this stuff out there because I believe this is the truth and I believe I can show that it's the truth and I believe that if I'm wrong, someone else will have good arguments or good evidence to show that I'm wrong. And in the meantime, anyone who's just paying attention, looking at the evidence for themselves, making up their mind based on the available evidence, those people will be hopefully better off, right? There are many people out there like me who are doing this. It's not that we hate flat earthers. It's not that we hate the flat earth leaders. It's that we're saying, guys, there's two ways you can believe things, feelings-based or evidence-based. Here's some evidence that the load busters aren't going to show you. It's not in there. It's not going, they don't think it's going to help them to show you that evidence. They're getting more than enough attention and more than enough shekels denying that evidence, pretending it doesn't exist and banning dissenters like JLB, right? There are, people like me, uh, there are people out there like me who are presenting this and it might be worth engaging with that, okay? Doesn't mean you have to go back to spinning ball earth because I certainly don't believe we live in a giant spinning ball at all. You don't have to. Um, just look at the other side if you haven't already and many of you won't have because people like me who try and present it in the live chat, we get banned, don't we? So yeah, so stinky cash, flat earth building tilt argument debunked, 51 up, 23 down. Even then, even by January, you could still debunk flat earth arguments and not get downvoted to oblivion. Good old days. Flat Earth Horizon always rises to eye level argument. Now, this was one where, because no one ever makes videos debunking me, right? They'll make videos attacking me and saying nasty things and blah, blah, blah. But in terms of saying, hey, guys, here's a clip of what JLB said, then they play the clip and then they say, ah, but what he doesn't know is this. And then they show the other. No one ever does that. I've done that with Bob and Stinky Cash and many people where I'll say, here's what they said and I'll show you the evidence that they said it. Then I'll show you how they're wrong in just a logical uh, argument, just, you know, premise, premise, conclusion, stuff like this. Then I'll provide links where you can verify this for yourself. You know what I mean? No one's ever done that with me, ever, that I know of. I've been here for two years now. I've covered so many different topics, oftentimes controversial topics where, you know, people get triggered. They want to attack you. They want to show that you're wrong. They want to think that they're right. So they, they'll go out of their way to try and show that you're wrong, but they never can. They've never done that. I had to do that. The only person who's ever shown that I'm wrong in a proper method, uh, with a proper methodology, if you like, was me. And it was with this one here, Flat Earth Horizon Always Rises to Eye Level Argument. And what I say in this video is that during the Baller Skeptic Roundtable days, this was a Flat Earth argument that I thought was a good one. I thought most of them were bad, but I thought this was actually a good one. I thought, hey, if you're in a plane, how come you don't see the horizon tilt? Because you should be able to, uh, if you go up, you know, however high a plane goes, 10 miles or whatever, you should be able to see a certain amount and you know, this one seemed like a good argument to me. But in this video, what I showed was, here's what I said. Here's why I no longer believe that now, right? And I put that there. So I went and basically debunked myself, right? No one else can debunk me. I've got, if I'm going to get debunked, it's going to be me debunking myself, right? Because that's what I did. Uh, 27 thumbs up, 21 thumbs down. So when I when I started debunking myself, that's when people started thumbsing me down uh, more, than, more than they had been because this one's pretty close to even as well, about a 1,000 views. And uh, yeah, so this used to be another very popular flat earth argument. 
our flat earth horizon always rises to eye level argument. I was like, yeah, at the time it made sense to me, but here's what I didn't know or here's what I hadn't factored in. Here's my new position, right? Did the lobe buses ever do that? Did the lobe buses ever come out and go, well, we we were talking about how blah, 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 blah. I'll give you an example with Bob. Millions of believers. Max, we've got millions of flat earth believers out there now. And it's like, did Bob ever make a video retracting that and saying, look, Look, uh, viewers, I know that I did say several times in one episode that we've got a, we've got millions of believers, but I think I misspoke by, you know, three or four orders of magnitude there. And uh, I just want to make it clear that I don't really believe there's millions of viewers. And no, he didn't make a video doing that. He addressed it on after I called him out for it and said, Bob, millions of flat earth believers? What the hell are you talking about? This is ridiculous, right? And all I did with my video was post a comment of what he said, like post a clip of what he said. I didn't even have to refute it just by calling attention to it, right? Because these guys do three or four hour shows. They can speak dozens of different pieces of nonsense and it overwhelms their audience. They, they, they can't just focus on one thing and, and call it out. So me, I was like, I'm calling that one out. Posted a video of it. Bob's like, we've got millions of believers, Max. Millions, ridiculous, right? So then he addressed that in his next Low Bastards episode. And he was like, oh, I, I might've misspoken. And it's like, might've misspoken. Millions of believers. If your belief in or devotion to flat earth is so strong that you can misspeak like that, that alone should show that there's a bit of a problem here, shouldn't it, Bob? But, uh, but anyway, yeah, do they, do they come out and, and make videos saying, I was completely wrong about this and here's why I was wrong? Look, they might. I don't know. Maybe they do. Like, I don't watch all of their videos, if I'm being perfectly honest. But generally speaking, they're still pushing some of the same nonsense arguments now that they were in the past. People like Morgyle still claiming they've got a model that works right? Even though that's been debunked numerous times. So plenty of things where they've been called out and they haven't haven't changed their tune and maybe they won't change their tune, you know? So a bit of a pity. Anyway, so that's another one. I'll try and get through this really quickly, guys, because this segment is uh, wasn't meant to go too long. So uh, Flat Earth is doxing online opponents. Basically, this Jeff Stewart guy uh, was claiming that he doxed a whole bunch of people by uh, placing... He claimed that he set up a website where he posted some kind of link where if you clicked on the link, he would get your details or something. So I posted a, a video saying flat earth is doxing online opponents. Like, is, is it, if, let's just say you do believe the earth is flat. Fine. Just because you believe the earth is flat, you know, you don't really have to become one of these YouTubers or be part of their movement or their, you know, their online chats. Like you might think to yourself, well, I believe the earth is flat, but these people on YouTube, I don't want anything to do with them. Look at them. They're a bunch of jokers. One of them is claiming to dox his opponents, right? That's what Jeff Stewart had done. So I posted a video about that. Uh, no South Celestial Pole argument. This used to be a really popular argument with flat earthers. You'll find this in several of the the older books, like um, the books by people like um, uh, Zeteticism, uh, Zetetic Astronomy, Zetetic Astrology, uh, 100 Proofs the Earth is Not uh, a Globe, um, you know, Robotom, these kind of people. You'll find this argument in at least one of their works, and I think a couple. And I think Dubai as well, the more contemporary version of them, you'll find them saying there's no South Celestial Pole. Uh, one big problem, guys, there is. There is a spot in the sky down here in Australia, whether you're in Brisbane or in Melbourne, same if you go to New Zealand, South Africa, the South American countries, uh, you will find a spot in the sky where the stars appear to rotate around that spot. Sorry, it's there. I didn't do it. It's there. Uh, you cannot deny. I mean, okay. You can deny reality if you want, 
but people who are living in reality won't take you seriously because you're acting retarded. There is a South Celestial Pole. Bad luck. And so someone who has been following uh, my work for a little while now, uh, since my, my early days, the ARP days, he, um, he had a friend who went and took some time-lapse footage. And so um, he made me aware of it or checked it out. And I was like, aha, this is what we've been looking for. And so I made a video using it. And I'll just fast forward to it. Check this out. Mm, here it is, rotating clockwise. There you have it, you know. Not my fault, guys. That's just how it is. Now, this footage is from Melbourne, actually. From, uh, was it from, not sure which part of Melbourne it's from, actually. It might have been from the north. I'm not too sure. But, um, yeah, there you have it. That's footage. It exists. So, when I found out, I, um, I posted a video about it. There you go. Now we're starting to get more thumbs down than thumbs up, you see. Now, because what had happened was, too, by never directly attacking the, the Flat Earth leaders at first, just by looking at their arguments one by one, debunking their arguments one by one, again, because we'd started off with this momentum of skepticism and, and being honest, let's be honest here, this part of heliocentrism doesn't make sense to us. This part of Flat Earth doesn't make sense. Just by being honest, uh, that's how the momentum was built. I managed to keep that momentum going forward for a fairly long period of time while still debunking flat earth arguments by not directly attacking the leaders. So there were a lot of arguments that I was able to debunk one by one. And instead of having all of the flat earthers turn on me because I hadn't attacked their leaders directly, I had just de uh, debunked discrete arguments one by one. I got away with it for months and months before I think a few of them worked out, hey, Joe is debunking flat earth. Let's attack him. It took him a little while to catch on to what I was doing. And it was probably this video where it started to, the penny started to drop. Hold on. He's debunking <laughs> argument after argument after argument. Hold on. This is, this is what he's doing. It took him a little while to, to cotton on because I was clever about it. I did it very, uh, very cleverly. You know, why attack the leaders when you can just attack argument after argument and pull the rug from underneath them, which is what I did. But it was around about this time where it all started to click in their heads, I think. So this one has uh, over 1,200 views, 20 thumbs up, 36 thumbs down. And I gave a link to the guy who came up with it. Uh, it was his friend, and her name was Ella Zart. But I think the guy might have been Supermot. If it wasn't Supermot, I apologize, because obviously doing this kind of work, you, you get information from a lot of people and you, you deal with a lot of people. But I think it was Supermot, and, um, and this was his friend. And they had, done, they had taken the Skylabs to prove it. Those of us who are living down here, we can see the stars for ourselves. But I don't have a um, time-lapse uh, uh, camera, or at least I didn't back then. I couldn't go and, and take photos of the of the sky. Someone else had finally done that. Someone who I personally, like Supermod, I don't know the guy, but having dealt with him uh, for quite a period of time uh, through the ARP days and the rest of it, I had no reason to think he was being nefarious. And so the footage, I took it on face value. And of course, that is, that's legitimate. That's legitimate footage, right? And so this is now up to uh, 300, uh, over 300 views. And uh, yeah, there you have it. So so yeah, anyway, let's move on then, shall we? So that was 1614, uh, 1200 views. Moving on then, uh, drunk Aussies discuss flat earth theory. Ah, yeah, this was, if they hadn't turned already, this is what turned the flat earthers against me, was this video that I made with Gino. I'd gone down there to the Gold Coast. The Gold Coast is about an hour or so south sort of southeast of, uh, of Brisbane. And so I was living in Brisbane at the time. Gino had come up for a holiday and um, I went and visited him at his hotel. 
and we had a chat because Geno had just done this video where he'd gone and bought a, um, a is it P900? The Nikon P900? Cool pick. Whatever it is. You know that camera that can zoom like 85 times? He'd gone and bought one specifically to use it to do a flat earth experiment, to look over a long distance to see if he could still see buildings that you should not be able to see on a, uh, on a giant ball. Because this used to be one of the main arguments that you can see too far. It was one of the key arguments of flat earth back in the day that you can see buildings too far away. So Gino had gone and bought a camera and gone and done it over Port Phillip Bay in Melbourne because Melbourne sits atop uh, a massive bay. And so he'd gone and uh, done the done the footage. And so we spoke about that when I was down there visiting. We had a few beers and we were just talking nonsense. And then I was like, right, time to do a video to upload to my channel where you tell the audience what you found with your experiment. Because he also documented it too. You can find it on his channel. So that's what we did. It was a really cool chat. I like that video actually. Uh, what was that from Feb 22? Triple uh, two. There you go. And uh, there you have it. 1,700 views, more thumbs down than thumbs up. So two videos in a row where I got the thumbs down. And if you go and check his video, he got thousands of views. It's probably up to 10,000 now. Let's see if we can find it. Gino's flat earth experiment, curvature of the earth. Let's see. 12,000 views. There you go. But he has gotten way more thumbs up and thumbs down because his video has obviously been seen by people who are not flat earth believers, who aren't just clicking down, you know, out of uh, emotional, you know, instinct, right? So he's got a lot, probably a lot of heliocentrists who've clicked thumbs up as well. Because his video seems to indicate that you can't see all of Melbourne from the because he went down to a place called uh, he was either down at Rosebud or Sorrento or one of those towns that are on the the southern the southern part of the bay to look up towards Melbourne, right? And he, you couldn't see the buildings, right? Like, oh, it's a flat Earth, you can see all of a building, and no, you can't. Um, I think you'd only see like half of of some of these buildings, right? And it seems to accord with the earth being a ball definitely did not accord with the earth being flat. Now, Gino, you have to understand, and I understand this because I know the guy, but I tried to explain this in the video to people who haven't met Gino. Gino is definitely not one of those. Of course it's a ball. It has to be. How dare you talk about flat earth? Now he was very open-minded to the whole thing. And I don't know if he ever did believe in it. I reckon he kind of did believe in flat earth for a while. I don't know if he'll own up to that or not. Um, but he, he was definitely very open-minded to it, which is all, all I ask of anyone. Just be open-minded to things, right? Whether it's flat earth or, whatever, just to entertain the idea, look for the evidence. Once you've found enough evidence, make up your mind, right? Which is what Gino did. He even went and bought, I think those cameras are like 600 bucks or something. Went and bought it specifically for this purpose. Went down with his partner and like they, they drove down to that little town, got some fish and chips and uh, he, he did his video and he spent a couple of hours editing the video and he uploaded it. This is a guy who isn't making money off Flat Earth, isn't promoting Flat Earth, isn't getting attention from Flat Earth. But he spent more time doing a uh, proper observation. I'm not really sure if I'd use the word experiment, but he did a proper observation, right? Went and gathered empirical data for the benefit of all of us, asked nothing in return, right? You compare that to some of these leading flat earth proponents where they'll do experiments that prove nothing and they ask for money. It's very interesting when you contrast it, isn't it? So anyway, I made that video and I was happy to upload that, uh, you know, promoting Gino, him and I just having a chat. And I thought that was really cool. And yeah, by this stage, I think people worked out, oh yeah, JLB, he's not one of us, all right? And then, so the problem is now we've got these Southern flights, right? They've been denying the Southern flights this whole time. And finally, we've got the video footage that Flat Earth has even accept. They're accepting that flight by Sam Chui between Australia and South America 
because they think that the flight instruments prove flat earth, right? But the problem is by accepting the video, now you've got the flights that didn't exist. Big, big problem, guys. So then what happens? Well, at the time, you've got the Flat Earth Conspiracy Show with Lawrence Wright and Laurie Gale, and they're kind of coming out against the leading flat earth proponents. They come out and say that you can explain those flights with a Pac-Man flat earth model, a Pac-Man flat earth model. And I've said before, and I'll say it again, I've spoken with Lawrence off the air. I think he's a lovely fellow. And when, not if, when I get to the UK, I'd love to hang out with him. Hopefully, he still wants to hang out with me, spend a day with him, getting coffee and just chatting about anything. I think he's a really cool guy, even though he believes in flat earth and he apparently believes the earth is a Pac-Man flat earth. So what? We'll just disagree about that. We just won't waste time talking about it. Or if he wants to talk about it, I guess we can talk about it for a bit. If he wants to pick my brain about my model, fine. But I'd just be happy to talk to that guy about anything else. He's a really cool guy. But the Pac-Man model thing, I thought that was pretty funny. Like, this is this is what it's come to for flat earth. <laughs> you can't explain the southern flights. So now you think we live in a Pac-Man model where the flights from Australia to South America go bloop. You know what I mean? Like, hold on, let me go back to my main screen. Let me let me see if I can ex- explain this. All right. So so this is what flat earth has come to, where you've got flat earthers saying that you go from say this is Australia, uh, say say this is Australia here and this is South America here, you fly (laughs) Pac-Man. It's like, oh, man, this is, uh, uh, it's funny, but it's also sad. But uh, I thought, man, whenever something is funny and sad, I want to take the piss out of it if I can. And so that's what I did. So I made this video. I'll go back to screen sharing. Hold on. Let's go back. Uh, Criticism, humor. There we go. Present to everyone. All righty, go back to it. All right, sweet. So, yeah, so I made this video, just like a one-minute video, where I was mocking uh, Lawrence Wright's Pac-Man model, and I was mocking uh, David Weiss's super jets because now David Weiss has this big problem. He said openly on the air during Baller Skeptic that if these southern flights exist, it destroys flat Earth. But now these flights do exist. How do you get around that one, David? Oh, they're using super-fast jets that go at Mark 1.2, uh, significantly faster than the speed of sound, commercial airliners, right? So you jump on a regular plane and you're going from um, Australia to, to South America. What you don't realize is that you're actually you're actually breaking the, the sound. Uh, this, <laughs> you're actually bar- breaking the barrier of the speed of sound, right? You just don't realize it, right? Super fast planes. So you've got Lawrence Wright in his Pac-Man model, David Weiss in his super fast planes, both trying to explain how is it possible that these flights exist on a flat earth map, right? Which to me was very funny. So then I released sun setting on flat earth. Now, this is after David Weiss had released this video of a sun shrinking. And I don't want to get into it because it's just the whole thing's so ridiculous. I've spoken about this before, but there were actually flat earth believers claiming that this video was legitimate, that you could record the sun shrinking into a dot, not setting behind the earth, shrinking into a dot. And I thought he was taking a piss at first, but then I then I saw that he released the same video again and again. And the really the part where it really hit home for me, a lot of the commenters were commenting that this was a good video, as though it was real, like as though this was real proof of flat Earth. And this is all around about the same time where the penny really started to drop on me. It's like, holy shit, these people have lost their minds. Holy holy crap, man! This isn't just like for me, this is just a topic where I'm happy to look at it. I'm happy to look at the evidence for either side. You know what I mean? It, and whichever way it goes, it goes. 
it's no big deal. You know I mean? I'm still leading my life. I don't need flat earth. I don't need heliocentrism earth. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it's not a big deal, but it was like, holy crap. Some of these people have legitimately lost their minds. They legitimately think that this footage that David has released of a sun shrinking to a dot, they actually think that's real. And I was like, my God. Yeah, it was full on. And um, I was working some pretty crazy hours at my job at the time. And um, I didn't have as much time to, to make videos and the rest of it at the time as I would have liked. But I was like, man, as soon as I get some more time, I'm going to have to really hit this hard because this is getting crazy. And in the time that I had left, like in the time that I did have, I was releasing videos talking about this becoming a cult because that's when it really dawned on me. It's like these people are like they're supporting each other as peers, as a peer group to all believe the same nonsense. And if you study group psychology, if you study uh, Leon Festinger, his work on cognitive dissonance, the real work on cognitive dissonance, not the cognitive dissonance that people like Antonio talk about. I'm not sure he's ever read a book about it in his life. I mean, if you actually read the work of Leon Festinger, the guy who wrote uh, When Prophecies Fail, if you actually look at uh, cognitive dissonance when it comes to this um, social psychology of it, the way that it's so important for people to be in groups to believe nonsense, once they're taken out of the group, the nonsense dissipates. But so long as they've got that peer group around them, they can believe just about anything, right? Which is what Flat Earth is with its live chats and with its uh, constant hangouts that go all night. These people are creating for each other a false reality. They're helping each other believe in a false reality, you see. And, um, and yeah, that's, that's when it dawned on me. That's what's going on here. It's become a cult. It's genuinely cultish. And uh, that's when I started releasing lots of videos about, uh, well, not lots, but a few videos about Flat Earth being like a cult. So that's when I released. Oh, so that's Sun Sitting on Flat Earth too. I used some, um, some music from a guy called um, Audio Nautics. Forget his Jason Shaw, I think his name is. He re- he's released a whole bunch of free music that anyone can use on their YouTube videos, which I think is really cool. And there's one song of his. There's a few songs of his that I like, but there's one in particular. It's got a very um, slow uh, beat, slow tempo. It's uh, very melancholic. You know what I mean? He's using a lot of, um, I guess, minor chords in what he does. Or I'm no musician, but it seems to me he's intentionally composed it in a way that does come across as a little bit um, mellow, if you like. And so by playing footage of a sun setting and by playing that music and by giving the title of sun setting on flat earth, again, it was one of these videos with more than one meaning where most people only get the first meaning. Most people have very um, poor critical thinking skills. Most people are retards is the reality. But those people who were paying attention would, I was hoping, also get that I was not talking about sun setting on a flat earth as in do you think this is footage of a sun setting on a flat earth but no is sun setting on the flat earth scene you see what i mean and then also by using this music showing that for a lot of people this would be very sad for me as someone who was part of the ball skeptic round table which helped bring this to the fore uh, in the way that it came to the fore it was sad for me to think wow this is what it's become it isn't about genuine inquiry anymore it's not about people thinking some of these people have legit lost their minds and there are people who seem to want them to lose their minds. There seem to be nefarious people involved, whether it's for attention, for shekels, for shits and giggles. They're actually quite happy to fool people into believing that a sun shrinks into a dot, right? So it's very sad for me. And uh, I thought this would be very sad for a lot of people as well uh, when they realize just how far this has all gotten out of hand and how quickly too. It all happened so quick looking back, didn't it? So, um, so, yeah, I released that video, and to this day, it's one of my favorites, uh, Sunsetting a Flat Earth. Of course, most people didn't get it at all. You know what I mean? They actually, they actually thought I was asking them, do you think this uh, sun is setting on a flat earth? And that's it. They thought that was all there was to the video. They don't read the second or even third meanings. They're incapable. 
most people are just incapable of thinking beyond the superficial. It's incredible. But And I don't just mean flat earthers. I mean people in general. It is once you really understand just how simple most people are, it is incredible. And some of the charlatans who take advantage of that, that's, that's why they do it. That's how they do it because they know how simple people are. We all look the same. We all speak the same language. Most people are literate to some degree. So it seems like we're all as smart as each other, but we're not. There, there is such a difference between someone who can think critically, who knows what a premise is, knows what a conclusion is, knows what a logical fallacy is, has been exposed to trivium or quadrivium thinking. There's such a difference between that person and the average chump off the street. It's not, it's not that one of them is a bit smarter than the other one. They're practically different creatures. Like in all practice, they are different creatures because one of them's thinking, the other one is just a biological automaton, right? And most people fit into that second category, those biological automatons. And so those of us who know thinking and know how dumb the average person is, most of us, I like to think most of us, truth is I can't really prove that. Some of us, I can prove some of us, we still try and use what we know to help others, to help the biological automatons. Maybe they can learn to think. Maybe they can, you know, who knows? But there are people out there, they can think, they know how dumb the average person is. They use this to their advantage, whether it is, like I said, for attention or for shekels or for some greater racial or ethno-religious battle that they're involved in, or maybe even some more esoteric or spiritual thing. You know what I mean? All topics I don't plan to get into today, but whatever it is that drives them, they use their knowledge of how dumb the average person is and they take full advantage of it. And, uh, and like a lot of the stuff that I'm speaking about now, I didn't even really understand back then. I've had to learn all of this the hard way, the long way, if you like. And I'm glad that I've learned it this way because I think by learning it this way, maybe it's kept me from going down paths that I wouldn't have wanted to go down. By learning it this way, I've been able to sort of keep my wits about me, if that makes sense. But at the time, I didn't realize that. All I knew was that there were charlatans. They were taking advantage of dumb people. And I didn't like it and I wasn't happy about it. So that song, uh, that sorry, that sun sitting on flat earth is to this day one of my favorite videos that I've, uh, that I've released, even though the vast majority of my viewers didn't get it. Then this one here, uh, JLB1625, is flat earth YouTube seen like a cult? This is that video that I referred to earlier with Patricia Steer where uh, she released a video. She said that two out of 10 things were like flat earth. Then Bob smacked her down, pulled her into line. And then next thing you know, Patricia's like, no, there's there's no flat earth similarities to a cult. I was wrong. Bob was right. And Bob's like, yeah, no similarities between flat earth and cult, JLB. I told you so. And it's like, man, Bob, you just proven the exact point that I was making. Look what you've just done. You, Patricia has a different opinion to you and you've smacked her into line. She's had to come out publicly and go, nope, I was wrong. Uh, no similarities. Like you've just proven my whole point, Bob, you idiot. Like it's, that's the thing with Bob and, and some of these other dudes. It's like, maybe I'm overestimating their intelligence sometimes. Like maybe I give them too much credit. Like maybe they really are just that dumb. Like they just play into my hands time and time again. Like I can set a trap, a very obvious trap. They just walk straight into it. It's like, it, it got to a point where I was like, maybe they like this. Maybe, maybe my videos they like having, because I'd release a video, they'd respond the next day. Like I'd go to bed because of the time zone difference. They would respond by the time I woke up. You know what I mean? Like I'd release a video at like one or two in the morning because I'd get home from work, have something to eat, make a video. Making a video for me isn't just screen capturing me talking. It is scripting, recording, editing, rendering, uploading. It takes a long time, even a short video. So sometimes I'd be up to like one or two 
go to bed, wake up for work, and then I'd wake up and there'd be a live show about me going by the time I woke up in response. And at first I was like, man, these guys are idiots. Like they're just giving my video all the attention that I want. But then I started to think maybe I'm the idiot. Maybe maybe they love this, having like an enemy. Because by this stage, they'd turned me into one of the pariahs, one of the enemies, right? As I explained earlier, my first few videos debunking flat earth arguments, people liked them, people supported them. Uh, they, they still were happy to have certain um, ideas or things questioned, right? And it took a long time for people to realize, oh, he's not. He's not debunking these arguments because he wants to make Flat Earth stronger. He's debunking these arguments because they're bad arguments. <laughs> and with the number of arguments he's debunked, he's actually debunking Flat Earth altogether. Ah, now we hate him. Now we hate that guy, right? That's, it took a long time for that to happen. By this stage, in this chronology that I've gone through with you guys, that's what we were up to. So, um, so yeah, where was I? Oh, yeah, Flat Earth, uh, YouTube seemed like a cult. Yeah, so anyway, I was like, ah, maybe they want me to be the bad guy, maybe they're happy to give my videos attention, but it gives them the bad guy that they need for the narrative that they're spewing to their audience, like, oh, we're the good guys and there are people out to get us and JLB is one of them. I started to think maybe they're not the idiots. Maybe I'm the idiot for making these videos because none of their followers seem to be waking up to it. Like it's got to the stage now where, sure, my audience, a lot of them like the videos I'm making, but I'm not actually stopping any of these people from believing in their flat earth leaders. So maybe I'm the fool, you know, and and to be honest, over the last six or eight months, whatever it's been, my opinions on this have sort of gone from one to the other to now I'm sort of, I don't know. I really don't know what motivates these load busters. Do they, do they actually prefer people like me being around to give them someone to, to, to chastise as the enemy? Like, I, I really don't know. I, it's, how do I know? Until you meet these people in real life, it's so hard to know people's motivations. I can show you how they're wrong. I can show you how they're misleading people. I can show you how those people, when misled, might sort of ruin their own relationships with friends and family because they admit it on their videos, for Christ's sakes. I can do all of that. But um, in terms of the intentions behind the people at the top, I just don't know. I do not know. So anyway, uh, yeah, so Flat Earth YouTube seemed like a cult. Let's just check out how many views that one got. That would have got a few, I reckon. 2,000. Now, look at this. This is where it really went crazy. 50 thumbs up, 130 thumbs down. Look at that. To this day, probably one of the biggest thumbs down of any video I've ever done. So, uh, so yeah, that's when it really went crazy. And then if we just go through the list, Max Egan proves Flat Earth Maps correct. That was the one where all of a sudden uh, Max Egan is saying that he took that flight from America to, uh, to a, from South America to Australia. And um, by putting it in a question mark and encouraged people to click on it, but, of course, what he was really doing was debunking David Weiss from a year earlier when he said that the flights didn't exist that would destroy Flat Earth. Then moving on, Flat Earth, millions of believers. That was when Bob said that there was millions of these Flat Earth believers. And time and time again, I'd release these videos. They would reply to me straight away. Then uh, JLB 1633 is Flat Earth like a religion because uh, Orphan Red Sasha at the time was talking about maybe Flat Earth would spread better if it was treated like a religion. So I sort of released that video asking questions about that. Flat Earth preponderance, uh, preponderance of evidence or circular argument because, of course, when Bob had uh, Max Egan on Loadbusters, Max Egan kept saying, it's a circular argument. It's a circular argument. Yeah, yeah, well, you can say it if you want about Flat Earth, but it's a circular argument. And then Bob was saying, Max, we've got this preponderance of evidence. We've got a preponderance of evidence. And I had noticed uh, probably months prior to this that Bob and Jaron kept doing this. They kept saying 
we've got a preponderance of evidence. And by this stage, I was also smart enough to know that the average lemming, the average biological automaton, if you just repeat something to them over and over and over again, it does seep into their brain. It's incredible how effective this uh, tactic is. And I noticed that Bob and Joan were doing that, Bob especially. We've got a preponderance of evidence. It's like, do you have any evidence that the earth is flat? Oh, we've got a preponderance of it. We've got tons of the stuff. <laughs> we've got it coming up the wazoo. We've got a preponderance of evidence. Uh, and they just kept saying it. And so I thought, ah, oh, this is a great example to, to expose that by playing it off Max Egan. So where all the flat earthers hate it that Max Egan keeps talking about it being a circular argument, they're like, he keeps saying it's a circular argument. He keeps saying it over and over again. Well, yeah, you're right. He does. He, he says it too much, as does your mate Bob, who keeps saying you've got a preponderance of evidence. So anyway, uh, can flat earthers explain the South Celestial Pole? Of course they can't. I wanted to give more exposure to the fact that, hey, we've got video footage of it. Is Patricia Steer the most honest flat earther? Uh, that, that was just a piss take video where um, she had said that she was joking with David about not having a model or something. So I just cut out that clip and was taking the piss out of her. Flat earth theorists and the hundredth monkey effect. Now, this one, I haven't actually gone in because what I did with this one was I was kind of setting a trap because the hundredth monkey effect is fake. It's, it's been debunked. It's new age nonsense. There is no hundredth monkey effect. There was never an experiment with monkeys learning to wash a potato and then other monkeys on a different island learning to wash potatoes. Whatever that stupid story is, it's complete and utter new age nonsense pseudoscience bunk, right? So my plan was to release this video, show Bob constantly talking about this hundredth uh, monkey effect. It's like the hundredth monkey effect. Flat Earth is going to be like the hundredth monkey effect. Once enough people learn about Flat Earth, everyone's going to know about Flat Earth. You know what I mean? Like David Weiss is, um, it's going to go from 5% to 95% overnight, right? It's the same crap. And you'll find this not just in the New Age movement, but in any sales gimmick, like some guy, you know, like um, people like Anthony Robbins, these kind of people who sell, they sell positive thinking or whatever. It's the same thing. They'll talk about New Age nonsense, the same myths like, the hundredth monkey effect, but it's nonsense. It's been debunked. So I thought I'll make this video, let people have an opportunity to go and ask themselves if they really believe in, in the hundredth monkey effect, do the research themselves. Most of them won't. Some will come here and defend hundredth monkey. Then I'll release a video debunking the hundredth monkey effect. Then I can mock those idiots who were defending it without doing any of their own research, right? That was a plan, but I never got around to making that hundredth monkey video. I'll do that. I'll uh, have to do that in the next couple of weeks, make a video about 100th monkey effect. It's just more nonsense. Flat Earth theorists and the shrinking sun problem. I talked about that video of David Weiss's, that ridiculous video of his. It's just so so ridiculous. Flat Earth theorists deny anti-clockwise northern star trails. So what happened was Antonio's going to have this debate with me. He foolishly, because I was challenging Bob to a debate, Antonio foolishly white-knighted and said, I'll do it, JLB, I'll debate you thinking that I was one of those regular run-of-the-mill um, heliocentrist chumps, right? Big, big, big mistake. Turns out I'm not one of those people at all. And uh, he's basically just um, decided to walk the plank for, you know, in Bob's place. Uh, foolish, foolish. So what they did was the Globebusters, I don't know how many of you remember this, the Globebusters got Antonio onto their show in the days immediately before my debate with Antonio to try and prep him for the debate with me. So they loaded him up with all of their favorite flat earth arguments and it was almost like a coaching lesson, like live on the air, this Lobobusters episode, getting Antonio ready for his debate with me. And of course, uh, it didn't work out, <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't, didn't serve the job that they were, they were hoping that it would. It actually, it actually was like um, when you're bogged, 
trying to um, to sort of speed your way out of a bog. You just sink yourself deeper. And so what happened was on that episode, and they've probably still got this up on their channel, Antonio's trying to claim that all of the stars on Earth all rotate the same way and that the stars in the uh, northern uh, hemisphere, uh, that they actually rotate uh, clockwise just like they're doing the south. Like, it's crazy. It was crazy then at the time. I'm like, you guys can't be. I mean, this is, you, you you've got to be joking me. But uh, it's even now looking back, I'm like, yeah, man, that's the length they had to go to. That's how much trouble they knew they were in. Because <laughs> one of their... One of their leading, one of their rising stars of flat Earth is about to debate JLB. That was never part of their plan. You know what I mean? They're happy for me to debate the heliocentrists because they know what's going to happen. I'm going to make a mess of the heliocentrists. It was never part of their script to have one of their people debate JLB, one of their flat Earthers debate JLB. It's going to mess them up, right? So it got to the point where in desperation, they're trying to prep Antonio for his debate with me. But he comes on the show and says that all the stars rotate the same way and they went along with it. It was like, oh, man, disaster, disaster waiting to happen. So, yeah, so I did a video about that. That was pretty funny. Baller Skeptic Roundtable flashback, the Southern Flights. I spoke about this in Metafay episode zero, how David Weiss was saying that Southern Flights would kill the flat earth, destroy the flat earth, it would ruin the flat earth. And, um, and yeah, next thing you know, the flat earth, the, the flights exist. Now he's saying, aha, flights exist from South America to Australia. That proves flat earth. And it's like, how do you, <laughs> these people are shameless, man. They are utterly shameless. Anyway, flat earth theorists and the bending light problem. This was good. This was a, a piss take of um, Ronnie and event skeptic. What had happened was, because uh, not Ronnie and event skeptic, he's, that's the same thing, uh, event skeptic and matrix decode. Because what had happened was matrix decode uh, had um, decided he didn't like me anymore. Uh, because we did the, the Baller Skeptic Roundtable together, him, myself, and uh, David Weiss. And uh, basically, um, you know, Matrix got very upset when uh, I basically came out and debunked Flat Earth argument after Flat Earth argument, got really upset when I made those videos mocking Patricia. It was like I'd, um, it was like I'd insulted his queen. It was uh, quite incredible looking back. And so next thing you know, he's teamed up with Event Skeptic and they're working together to prove that light can bend. And I think this is great. Right, because what what Ronnie had done was he'd um, got like a big fish tank and filled it with some kind of uh, liquid solution, shone a laser through it, and proved that light can bend through water. Right, which supposedly proved flat Earth somehow or other. But it's like, okay, guys, one of your arguments, one of your flat Earth arguments, is that you can see objects that you should not be able to see on a ball. And it's like, if light can bend, and you've just proven that it can, then even if you could see objects too far away. Couldn't that just be from the light bending around the earth? Then, like, that's simple. You know what I mean? Like, you guys have been saying that you can see objects that are too far away. Let's just pretend that you can. If light can bend and you've just made a video showing that you believe that light can bend, depending on which medium it's in, then even if you could see objects that are too far away, the fact that light can bend bend renders... Uh, your observations of objects at a distance, completely irrelevant anyhow. It's not proof one way or the other, right? It, oh, man, I, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not articulating myself too well. It's funny. It's funny looking back. Like These people just kicked own goal after own goal. And then I thought, well, I've probably gone too far the wrong way now. It's time to um, say something nice about the Flat Earthers to get them back on side so I can release more videos debunking Flat Earth. 
<laughs> so I made a video entitled In Defense of Flat Earth Believers. And uh, in fairness, I, I took a clip from a, a live show with some flat earthers where they did actually make some interesting points. And I do like listening to them. Like sometimes they can say things that are actually interesting that lead me to go and do further investigation. Or they say things that are nice. Just because they're wrong about the shape of the earth doesn't mean they're wrong about everything, you see. And in that clip, I just cut out something. I think it was Antonio. It was a clip of Antonio or somebody saying something that I liked. And I uploaded that as uh, in defense of flat earth believers. And I bet you it got lots of thumbs up. Let's go and check that one. I bet you people liked that one. Let's have a look. No, nah, people still hated it. All right. <laughs> Didn't work. Didn't work. People still hated it. Anyway, then I released a video, Flat Earth, Would You Bet Your Child's Life? Because they're one of these flat earth shows, one of those peripheral flat earth shows. There was a bunch of dudes on there talking about how much they believe in flat earth. And one of them was even like, yeah, I'd bet my child's life on it. Would you Would you bet your child's life that the earth is a giant spinning ball? Yeah. Well, I'm so confident in flat earth, I, I would make those kinds of bets. And I was like, I'm listening to this going, these people, like, they, they, wow, what a world we live in. So I uploaded that video, would you bet your child's life? Because most people would not bet their child's life on anything. It's their child's life, you fucking idiots. These people are so retarded, they would say, yeah, I'd bet my child's life on flat earth. And I was like, all right, make a video about that. You guys just keep digging your grave, uh, keep keep uh, making yourselves look like a bunch of morons. And uh, yeah, that was pretty funny. Do satellites prove flat earth? Now what, now, what happened was with that bending light thing with Ronnie, Event Skeptic, and Ben Matrix Decode, when I released my video saying, okay, guys, great work with your pending light experiment. Thanks for debunking one of the main flat earth arguments. Good work with that. They got so triggered by that. They went away. And um, on the live show after my debate with Antonio, they were both there with Patricia Steer, with the lovely, charming Patricia Steer, all bad mouthing me, all saying nasty things about me. And there's, um, there's Ben and Ronnie like, no, no, we've got other proofs, not just bending light. We've got other proofs of flat earth. We've got this place in South America that's completely flat. And I, I forget the name of that place, but there's some place in South America like with a big salt flat. And they're like, uh, yeah, that, that's proof of flat earth, this salt, this salt flat. And it must have missed all the people on the panel or all the audience. But the evidence that they were showing that this place was flat was satellite data. Now, this is a big problem for flat earthers because they don't believe in satellites. So <laughs> the evidence that they use that the earth is flat, uh, you know, this salt, the Bolivian salt flats, that's the one. This um, Bolivian salt flats argument, okay, boys, let's just pretend that one salt flat that's flat proves the whole earth is flat, which that itself is erroneous. But let's go with that. And now you're saying that you've got evidence of such a salt flat. That's great. Your evidence, where's it come from? Oh, a satellite. Uh-huh, okay. Uh, boys, do you see the problem here? Do I have to say anything? Well, uh, that triggered him again. And uh, yeah, do, do satellites prove flat Earth? Very funny. So after I exposed David Weiss for saying that there are no flights between Australia and South America, but if there were, and we could prove it, it kill the flat Earth, it crush the flat Earth, it'd be the end of flat Earth. Then, of course, those flights get proven to exist. And David says, aha, the flights exist. That proves flat Earth. That, you know, just doing a complete 180, a shameless or 180. After I spoke about that and exposed that, David Weiss, in regular fashion of uh, his group of people, instead of saying, yep, you're right, I was wrong about that, came out on the attack. And you see, this is a, like I said in Metafay episode zero, this is something that Saul Alinsky talks about and uh, certain people will try and tell you this is the best strategy. When you've been shown to have done something wrong or nefarious or been a, a mistruth teller, a liar or what have you, 
instead of uh, even responding to that, attack the person who's exposed you. That's actually a, a tactic that they're taught. It, don't, don't deal with where you've been shown that you're wrong or that you're mischievous or whatever. Attack the person who's exposed it, which is exactly what he did. So what did David come out and do? He didn't come out and say, yeah, you're right. I did used to say that there were no flights and that was proof. And now I'm saying there are pro- uh, flights and that is proof too. You're right. I, I, that is like a contradiction. Let me explain myself. No, just came and attacked me and said that I'd misquoted him, right? That I had misquoted him, Okay. Alrighty then, so let me just go back and find the footage of you saying it, David. Let me do that. If that's the way you want to play this little game, you idiot, then, and he's not an idiot, he's a smart guy, but if you want to play the fool, then I'll treat you like the fool you are. And so I went and found the clips of him saying it. Yes, these flights would kill the flat earth, destroy the flat earth, crush the flat earth. You know, found the clips, played them one by one by one, over again, and over again, and over again. Just to hammer this point home, he did say this, right? Now, he's going to try and argue the technicality, the semantics of the word quote, because when I was live on the air with Antonio, I had said four or five separate quotes without saying unquote, next quote, quote, end quote, next quote, quote, right? So he's trying to argue the semantics of what is a quote. So even even though I read out verbatim what he had said of each of those four or five distinct things that he said, because I hadn't separated each one with an end quote, uh, he's trying to argue that means that I misquoted him, even though he said what everything that I said that he'd said and I showed him saying it, right? So not dealing with the substance of the issue. The substance of the issue is that he said this is now contradiction and an important one, not dealing with the substance, but instead attacking the person revealing that contradiction, you see? Once you know what to look for, you can see through these people so easily, okay? It's not that they're it's not that they're more... Okay, I think David is intelligent, but the people who do this kind of stuff, it's not that they're intelligent that they get away with this stuff. It's just they know tricks that the average person doesn't know. And that's all these things are, is just tricks. They just know tricks. That's all it is, right? The average lemming, the average biological automaton is defenseless against these tricks because they're a moron, they're a retard. But once you understand this, once you understand their tricks... They're, they're very easy to deal with these people. You know what I mean? For the average biological automaton, people who know these tricks and the ethno-religious people who know these tricks, they're formidable. They, they've got no defenses against them. Do you know what I mean? But for someone like me who knows critical thinking, who knows the trivium and the quadrivium, who understands what a logical fallacy is, who is calm and rational enough to stay on point, it's so these people are chumps to me now. It's chump change. That's why I can make a mess of them. It's so easy for me now. But it took a long time to learn these things, and most people aren't willing to learn. Most people are too egotistical to learn. They think they they already think they're smart. They already think they know enough. They already think their method of thinking is good enough. They're not willing to learn. They're not willing to improve themselves. They're too egotistical. People say that I'm egotistical, right, or that I'm arrogant. And I think to myself, what do these words mean to you? Because, yes, I'm very confident in what I say. I've got every right to be confident in what I say. I back up what I say with evidence, with citations, with research. I'm constantly reevaluating things. When I get something wrong, I'm the first to admit it. I'm the first person to realize I was wrong. I'm the first person to call me out. You know what I mean? I've got every reason to be confident. There's a difference between that and arrogance or um, or egotism. And a lot of people who accuse me of being arrogant or egotistical, these are people who've never admitted that they were wrong about anything in their lives. You know, the hypocrisy is staggering. But I'm telling you people out there, anyone who's listening to these words, who's really listening, I'm telling you, if you want to improve your method for thinking to not be able to get 
stung by these people who know their tricks. All you have to do is be willing to learn. That's all you've got to do. And uh, I've released videos talking about logical fallacies. And in the future, I'll release more videos talking about things like the trivium and the quadrivium, about critical thinking, about understanding how to use premises and conclusions, about understanding the tricks that people use, like ad hominem, you know, attacking the person. I'm going to release more on that to help people. I know it's only a very tiny percentage of people who will listen to these words who are truly trying to improve themselves. But I, I also know that they are out there. They might be less than 1% of the total people who pay attention to this scene. In fact, I'm pretty confident it is less than 1%. But they're out there. And I'm telling you, you can learn. And I know that because I've learned. And once you learn these people's tricks, it's so easy to see through them. Uh, David, and David, you know this man. You know you're messing with the wrong guy, man. Take your tricks and use them on someone else, not on me, dude. Yeah, you should know that. And I think he does know that, which is, I think why he's basically avoided me since then. And I'm more than happy to avoid him, okay, because he was a pleasure to work with on the Baller Skeptic Roundtable. Uh, there's there's many things about the guy that can be said that are positive about him. I'm quite happy to, uh, now that we've had this little skirmish, David, where you claimed I misquoted you and I made you look the fool, I'm quite happy to just leave it there for now. I've got much bigger fish to fry, buddy, so we can just leave it there if you're happy to do so. And then finally, JLB 1668, flat earth believers and the sun below clouds problem. And this was, this was, um, was this Ronnie again? I'm pretty sure it was. I found a video on Ronnie's channel where he was playing a clip from someone else that showed the sun below the clouds, right? Now on the flat earth, that doesn't work, right? That's really all you need to see. And that's the end of flat earth, okay? On any flat earth model that these people put forward, the sun is hundreds or thousands of miles high. You don't need to be a genius to know that the clouds are not that high. So if you can see the sun below the clouds in a plane, that's just about game over there and then. Now, you could say, oh, but the light bends, and I'm happy to go with that. But that does debunk the whole uh, objects at a distance thing as well, right? But even then, if you want to say that light bends, it's like, okay, but how do you explain? Like, are you going to try and say the sun is above the clouds, but it's bent? the light's bending below the clouds and then coming back up or... Like, how are you going to try and uh, explain this one? Do you know what I mean? And once again, it was from Ronnie. And uh, what I even did with at least one and maybe two of these videos was I facetiously or mockingly gave credit to Ronnie. I was like, oh, good on you, Ronnie. You've debunked Flat Earth again. Just to just to stir shit at the guy. You know what I mean? Because I've, I've known that guy now through this scene for a couple of years. And yeah, maybe he means well, but you can't judge people on their intentions. You have to judge them, I think, on the outcomes. You know what I mean? You have to judge them if they're given advice or they're shown to be wrong in some way and they reject that or they they lash it against you or what have you that's the kind of stuff that i think is more important than whether or not they mean well their intentions are important don't get me wrong but with ronnie i've known him for too long giving him too many chances and i was like that's it uh, i've played mr nice guy for too long time to take the piss out of you piss ant and that's what i've done and uh yeah so i was like thanks ronnie thanks for yet another flat earth debunk you silly bugger and that's it so that's my flat earth debunking criticism and humor and that segment took a lot longer than I planned. But I'm glad that I went through that because it shows you guys when people say, oh, what have you actually done, JLB? What have you done? What research have you done? I'm like, oh, that's a good question, buddy. Why don't we take a look? And we've just taken a look. Each of those videos, go and check it out. Uh, most of them are heavily edited videos in the sense that there's a lot of time effort that goes into them. They're not single track or double track edits. They're multi-track edits, multi-layered. They're scripted, recorded. They're, they're high production values for this scene, okay? I'm not, a, I'm not a good video editor. I don't have a good video editing software. I use Camtasia, which is a screen capture software. I've got no formal training in video editing, so I'm not claiming that my videos are masterpieces. 
but by this in terms of their production values but in this scene they're significantly better than the vast majority of what you'll find in terms of their production values and then in terms of their content they are superior and they are supreme and that's why nobody's been able to debunk me that's why nobody's going to debunk me because my stuff is based on reasoning and evidence where necessary mathematics where necessary good historical method primary source information it is superior and that's why it's you know it's not going to be debunked i mean if i'm wrong about anything please debunk me people you'll help me but if someone's going to do that that it's done by now so that's that so let's stop the screen share shall we and that concludes part one of this two-part mp3 upload of metafay episode triple zero in the second half of the show i go through a few of the questions from the live chat I speak a little bit more about, I guess, some of the meta aspects, which is rather fitting given the name and the style of the show. But then I'm joined by a character named Validation Boy who wanted to join in on the show to ask me some somewhat difficult questions. And I found that to be the highlight of the whole show. So regardless of what you think of Validation Boy, if you like to think about things, if you like to ponder hypotheticals and these sorts of things, then I strongly recommend you go and check out part two of MetaFay, which is available just like all of the other MP3 uploads for you to download at johnlebon.com. 